I gotta figure out how to stabilize that. A little bit of a rock on that sucker. Yeah, all the, you know, all the growing pains. Yeah. Well, uh, Buck Lunick, <laughs> hey man, thanks for being on, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Uh, after I figure out this coffee, and we'll cut some cigars, and I'll give a little background, man. Let me top you off, get a little warmer. Perfect. Yeah, dude. I don't need a whole lot. I'm, pre- I'm pretty lightweight when it comes to caffeine these days. Don't want to burn your hand. That's good. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, Buck, I met you through my brother. You know, wrote it. I'm already spilling. Uh, this will be right here if you need to top her off. Just give me give me the sign. <laughs> but, uh, man, I met you actually, I mean, through, like, physical fitness, I guess, really. I mean, and then rodeo and stuff. I think I'd seen you before, you know, at rodeos, but never, like, really made the connection until you and my brother were hammering the gym hard, dude. And that, I wish... Uh, I you know I don't I wish I had better technology to show like the body transformation that you and him went through, man. Like I remember when I, when I first met you, I think you were pretty bent. Like one of your shoulders was up or something, or low. Yeah, I was pretty bent up. Uh, just from uh, riding bucking horses and uh, yeah, Taylor Selleck and Caleb, me, we straightened it out. So yeah, dude, yeah. you guys are putting some weight up, man. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. So met you through that, and you always been pretty active, dude, but. Uh, so pro rodeo, um, grew up in, did you grow up in Browning? Yeah, grew, grew up between Browning and Cut Bank. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, yep. so leads to the next thing, Blackfeet Indian, right? Yeah, Blackfeet Indian. Yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. Uh, fly fisherman, actually got a little cheat sheet of all the stuff I was like writing down, but, uh, just horseman, um, you're stuntman, and, but you do a little bit of acting too, right? Uh, not no, not much acting. Now I say you want to scare a stuntman, give him some lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I can see it, dude. Yeah. Like this, even like this was the hardest thing, man. Like, it, like this isn't so bad. It was a w- hard at first. I like couldn't take a pause because yeah. I'd panic a little bit. So I'd start rambling and just, you know, uh, the old verbal diarrhea, they say, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's different being in front of a camera. It's kind of weird. It, it takes is. time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you've probably been a camera way more than me then, even though I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, how, how many moves you done now? I don't know, probably 10 to 15. Oh, that's awesome. Somewhere in there. Yeah, and the big one being Yellowstone too, right? Yeah, Yellowstone in 23. Um, pretty lucky on that. Is that 23? Is it? It's a spinoff of Yellowstone, so it's oh. uh, like, uh, well, I did 83 too, so that's the original Oh. how they get up to montana and then 23 is once they're in montana and then yellowstone's modern day oh gosh yeah because it's supposed to be like 1923 right yeah right? yep, 1923 yeah. so they're like showing the depression of like uh the ranchers and montana oh wow yeah yeah dude that's yeah, wild to think about it too man like the those times i was thinking about that the other day because like this camper came from my grandpa who you know lived through it all and was like an, a, a full-grown man going through it and then my grandma who was born into it you know so it's like pretty wild times it is uh actually my grandma just turned 99 and she was born in 1925 she still lives alone at her house really <laughs> yeah Jeez, it's, it's, dude, it's, just it's, tough her, as nails. her mom lived to be 103 so she was born in 1920 or 1823 i believe oh wow dude so that's uh and then my dad so that's three generations right there it's yeah. crazy huh? that is crazy man yeah. what do you think it is you think it's a, is it a native blood or what do you think yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We have some longevity in our bl- bloodlines, but yeah, same. Yeah, I don't know if I'm to live that old. I know. It's like it all depends on how functional you're. Like my my grandpa who bought this place, he was 97, and uh, I mean we were talking about Charlie Russell earlier. He as a young man, he ran a Charlie Russell in in his later years and had some cool stories about it and just like all the stuff he saw. And 
I mean, he's pretty good until he passed. He was, uh, I think, dying to sleep the way I'd love to go, you know, and he was yeah. 97, I think. And, I mean, I was just out of high school when he passed, so I, I got a lot, long time with him, which was cool. That is cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, my profession before, riding bucking horses, uh, pretty beat up, and then now I'm a stuntman. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know what 90 is going to feel like. I 30, know. 33 feels pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh jeez, dude, you look great though, man. Yeah, thank you. Like, I don't think you don't have any gray hair or anything, right? No, no gray hair. No, that's, it's the inside of the joints. And the yeah, <laughs> man, that's yeah. a lot of those roadie guys are, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Wa walking around with like eighty-year-old bodies because they just get beat up. Correct. Unless you open that, because I don't want to ruin your cigar. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a crazy man. It's a crazy sport. Like, there's no trainers. There's no. Uh, there's no like. You know, like football or any other sport, you'd have a physical trainer. You'd have like somebody working on you as your for your body. Yeah. Rodeo, it's literally you drive ten hours, you jump out, ride, get beat up, sit back in the vehicle. So it's like the whole point of it. I mean, is just it's a uh, it's grueling. It's it a, is grueling. It's a grind, man. man yeah. For sure. And like the only first aid, really, especially back in the day, was like whiskey. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. kill kill the pain with a little whiskey and keep cruising, you know and people understand too the circuit man it is so busy like it's there's no time off because you get time off you lose points you lose money yeah. and you're not gonna make the big dance right at the nfr correct yeah and like uh i mean if you do it like i did it for a living so i mean if you don't feel 100 percent, it don't matter if yeah. you if you're if you think you can win uh how beat up you are then you better nod your face and but then it just yeah. compounds you know i mean until you can't so yeah dude it's uh, it's crazy. It is, man. Like it's such a hard sport. I mean, I remember one time, uh, one of your fellow, well, he's a saddle bronker, but um, oh god, I'm blanking on his name, man. He won the NFR from Great Falls. Jesse. Cruz. Jesse Cruz. Yeah, I remember yeah. uh, the last time I watched him ride, his his knees were so blown out that like he made the ride, landed stiff leg in the arena, which must have killed, and yeah. then he couldn't even get out. Like he had he had his boys come in and help him come grab him like because he couldn't even take a step because he was so beat up that, that was right before he had surgery yeah yeah it's so. crazy you just go tell you uh cannot go no more yeah. you just learn your lit i guess i mean you just kind of figure when you know you ain't winning and you're hurt then that's the time to quit but yeah. like there is i mean there's no guaranteed check so no you're, and it costs you money to go no health insurance no no <laughs> health insurance ain't nothing man it, it's just it's kind of barbaric you it know? is well like you said it costs you money to enter so it's like it's not like you're, uh, you know, you're getting uh, sponsored by someone and like paying for your your uh, what is it was uh, fees fees yeah 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 uh, yeah you're lucky I mean I was lucky I had some good sponsors but <clears throat> I mean they ain't gonna pay your mortgage and yeah. <laughs> everything else so you yeah. they pay enough to you know either pay your fees or pay your fuel to get there and then that's the rest of it's up to you so oh, I'm taking a gamble with this man you should use that other end which one do you use I use the big one ah dang it. Uh, twist it twist it yeah like score it first and then i'm gonna watch you do it because <laughs> okay. okay. I, I keep butchering cigars and i remember the summer we were on that fishing trip you know and uh my poor buddy shank he's like i'm ah, let you do it and i was like yeah sure and then uh me and him both chewing the chewing our cigars mostly down and then basically they're unsmokable after a little bit you know yeah so you score it ah. pretty good well actually what i should have done you get a little wet oh a little wet Mm -hmm. Helps that tobacco leaf be a little more forgiving, eh? Yeah, and then once you kind of get it going there. Hey. Pretty good. Yeah, way better than what I do. Yeah. 
I kind of screwed it up too. Yeah, it's hot. So hot while you're <laughs> you're uh, under pressure right now. Oh man, a little bit of cherry or something on there. You taste it? Yeah, yeah, I like these. I had one earlier this year. It's pretty good. Yeah, my my brother-in-law gave me my first one of these, and yeah, it was, it was really good. Oh jeez, mess this up too. Oh, I think it's all right. I mean, a little bit. I'll be eating a little bit of that, but it's not bad. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, you did better. I've definitely definitely done a lot worse. <laughs> you just got to score it till you feel like it's going to go all the way through, then go all the way through. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It pretty much kind of fell off in my hand there. I don't think you're supposed to use Zippo because of the flavor, but I've had the Zippo, Zippo forever, so I want to give it a try. Yeah, the old rodeo days, they are, uh, I mean, I'm grateful for them. Um, they gave me everything uh, that I have now, I guess, you know? Yeah, man. Well, you can't, and you, I thought I just burned a hole in my sleeve. Uh, you can't uh, You can't replace those stories or that lifestyle with anything either, though, you know? Like, you can go watch and be a great fan. You're not getting the experience, you know? Correct. It's like the freest you'll ever be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, when you're younger, it's a lot funner, <laughs> I guess. I mean, cause you're going to every town biggest party. Yeah. And so, and I mean, when you're younger, you don't have a mortgage payment. You don't have all that. Yeah. Dude. And then as you get older, you have to, uh, settle down and actually take it serious. And then it does become a job. Yeah. It's still fun. You're still free, but it's a little different. Yeah, man. Like the, uh, the, pressure a little bit more for the ride right like you make a ride and you're like you can add to the family or you uh don't make a ride and you're a little more in the hole and yeah it's more of a business then yeah but i mean everything i have um pretty much everything i have is uh come from a horse in some sort of fashion. Yeah. And so, uh, like, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. Dude, that's, that's huge, man. Cause I'm in 2023 now and I mean, it's unheard of, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and I was meant to blast this out. I mean, not only are you, you know, you got this background that I just talked about, like with rodeo growing up, you know, uh, Western style, I guess I'm trying to say, you know, like, you know, near the res on the res, right? Yep. And on that, the res. Yeah. On the res. Yeah. So, me had all this, and then become you know, two-time Indian National Finals Rodeo Champion. Three. Three-time. Three-time. Man, right. my, I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's huge. I wanted four, but it, ah, dude, that'd have been awesome, man. Yeah. And then, and then also to start your own business. Like, I mean, that probably helped do this, which is Buck and Dave's eggs. If you know, for any of the folks local, or you know, if you're passing through, man, this is the place. Yes. Get sir. all my eggs from you guys. Yes, sir. So much better, man. Like, if you have like you run the mill, whatever, like. I don't even know a big company off the top of my head, but you know, like it's, it's better than nothing, I guess, but man, you, you really aren't getting the flavor and the nutrients, you know, that you see the, the yolks a different color with your guys' eggs versus like the store-bought, you know, like more puppy mill like eggs. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's a couple reasons. Um, we're a commercial operation. We have 2000 layers, 2000 hens. Mm. 
but it's uh it's as natural as they could be on a commercial level they're out every day they um we know what they're eating um they're not in a cage they can go outside and be chickens yeah i think that has a lot to do with it and then also we're so close um i don't think a lot of people know this but when eggs have like a 90 day expiration date on them i did not know so like if you buy eggs that are from washington for instance like you know a major company um them eggs are probably at least 60 days old oh, where man. ours you're eating i'm more sold out every week so you're it's week old egg yeah i was just at the good so, food store and you yeah. were sold out man i was like <sighs> yeah I mean, i'm happy for you but yeah. i'm like dang it you know? I, yeah i know it's crazy yeah uh and then it just blew up on top of it with the avion flu and everything it's just oh yeah it's just crazy like egg prices are uh through the roof and then What's crazy is uh, I was born cowboy. I never even raised a chicken until I raised a thousand of them. And really? Then, yeah. This your first, so this is your first crack at it? Yeah. So uh, three years ago was my first time I've ever even been around a chicken. Wow. Dude, I don't have much experience with me either, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're their own beast, too. I yeah. mean, but at the end of the day, they're an animal. So keep them fed, keep them watered, and keep them happy. And The basics, right? Yeah. And then yeah. there's quirks. You're just going to have to trial and error after a while, you know? Little dinosaurs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's awesome though. I mean, like, and you guys have done this in a pretty short period of time. Like, built a built a good business, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I don't know. We're lucky in a lot of sense. I mean, you gotta be lucky to be successful. Um, but uh, I mean, we worked hard at it. But with COVID, that actually helped us a lot because everybody's home eating. Yeah, man. And so then everybody wanted, and then the shortage of food, uh, supply chain. Then everybody had to go local. So now people just want local food. Yeah. And so it's been uh, very successful. Um, a stockbroker told me about this idea. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I actually had a torn bicep. And uh, he was telling me about I should get into this business. And I'm looking at him sideways. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm a cowboy. Like, I ain't no chicken farmer, man. I don't know what you're half insulting me right now. Yeah, you know? dude. Like but I didn't have anything else to do for six months. So. I looked into it and I was like, man, there is money in this, you know? Yeah. And it's not a lot to start up. and Yeah, well, and that's what, I mean, it kind of, kind of took me, not really by surprise, because, like, you're, you're a go-getting dude, so, but uh, you're also the first person to ever sit, tell me they're going to start raising chickens and, you know, doing the egg business. And so I was like, I'm already kind of paused on it, but um, it, was, it was awesome timing because you were, you were just starting out. I was trying to get this rolling, and it was kind of like partly COVID pushed. Yep. And I was just fresh off surgery, so I couldn't even, like, lift a hammer to come help you do anything cause you, because, I guess, to rewind, we were talking about this in my basement, and you came over to help me, or you did. You wired my sauna up for me because I got this sauna, luckily, right before I had surgery, so um, I'd have something to do and, like, stay in decent shape, you know. And, yeah. Uh, man, and you imparted so much wisdom. I was just telling you about this. You were imparting so much wisdom on me there, and, like, not even really on purpose, man. Me and you were just, like, chalking it up, and I was just kind of watching you do your thing, and really just keeping you company <laughs> you know i wasn't doing anything felt felt bad couldn't help but um i remember telling me about the investment man and like the the cost that you're putting in and kind of the plan and all that stuff and i remember like it really kicked me in the ass because i was like dragging my feet on just buying like the equipment we're using right now you know besides the boon arms you know i got the them as a gift but like the recorder the mics the, uh, um, the cable you know all the stuff that kind of went into this and uh i was like oh man you know like i'm kind of balking at you know, to spend the money for this. And you're like, man, <clears throat> you know, like the investment I'm putting in these chickens, like you always make more money. And like, you said something about, I'm not trying to be broke. And I'm also trying to maybe get a ranch someday. And I was like, yeah, man, I, like that's just common sense. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be just 
scratching by, you know, like I want to be able to go afford what I want and go like do like a ranch or something, man. I come from a little bit of ranching family, but like a lot of dairies I found out yeah. too, you know? So I was like, man, I mean, I don't really want a dairy, but like, it'd be nice to have a barn and my own herd, you know, of horses maybe. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, a couple of cows. I don't, I'm not really too much into the cow business, but who knows, you know, maybe I will be. Yeah, for sure. At least get cows you could butcher and you know what they're eating. That's what know? I was thinking. Yeah. Like yeah. all that stuff, you know, like have some chickens, have a cow and the pigs can be hard sell, you know, with, with the wife, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think there was either people thought I was crazy. I mean, for this, like to start a egg business. Yeah. Or they thought I was a genius. There was only one or two there. There was only two. Like they're either like this guy is off his rocker or yeah. this guy maybe's onto something. Yeah. And I mean, I could laugh now because I'm like, what? Fuck it's successful. Yeah. You're you doing know? good. Man. Well, you're just so busy, man. You're not, like even to be here, man, I appreciate you so much. Cause I mean, uh, even just a night off, like doing this is probably kind of, you know, rare, I guess, you know, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a, I mean, that's another chapter, but like, uh, you know, it's a balance thing too. I yeah. mean, cause I could work myself to death, yeah. but then you don't enjoy anything. Yeah. What's you get the point, to a, Yeah. You get to a point where you're just, I mean, you have to find that balance and that's the hardest thing I've have figured out since, you know, um, being a business owner yeah is like because you want to i mean i'm a obsessive person so i'm like i'm gonna check every box i'll make sure it's all right but then yeah. at the end of the day some stuff you know i mean i'm not i i don't like to leave stuff for tomorrow because then tomorrow presents its own problems but then yeah. there's a balance of like oh okay that prob like that's low lower on the priority list yeah, yeah yeah but yeah no uh back to the deal about like um starting the business i mean um yeah it's uh i don't know i talked to a lot of people about it and it's like man if you want to be successful like the fear of unknown is the greatest fear in the world it is man but that's living yeah i mean because if if you wake up and get on the you watch tv and sit on the couch every day you ain't living but if you're scared like you're living then you know no matter what and like you're gonna live and learn maybe maybe that business wasn't for me and it pushed me into a different way and i you know lost my money i mean whatever you know yeah i would at least i'm not gonna sit there an old man and think man i could have done that why didn't i do that you know instead of like i'm gonna go do that and i'm gonna see if it works if it doesn't then i guess i'll move on to the next thing you know Mm -hmm. oh dude that that was big for me dude because you just you saying that and the way you said it too was like uh, kind of just the kick I needed because I, I want to do this, but like I think a lot of people have those the the famous quotes uh, was it so many men live lives of quiet desperation because ev- I think everyone has their whatever podcast chickens or whatever they yeah. might be man and then they just they talk about it and then they never take that first step because that first step is the brutal one but then once you do it once it's like oh I can do it you know you throw yourself out there once it's not so bad to do it again you no know? and I mean you think about it, like. If you're a nine to five or you work every day for the man and he makes all the money and you, you get the luxury of when it's five o'clock, you're done, Mm -hmm. but you don't get the luxury of the money in the, that part of the life. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you're going to work, you have to work in this world no matter what you might as well work for yourself. Yeah. Or, I I mean, I don't know. It takes balls to jump, you know, but like you're also rewarded if you have balls. You yeah. know, you will be rewarded. 
Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, you might be rewarded with wisdom before you're <laughs> rewarded with money, yeah. but you're gonna get rewarded. Yeah. You're gonna l- learn something from it. You know, I'm not saying take out a million dollar loan and bury yourself. <laughs> bury yourself, but like, you know, you could do it on a on a on a scale on a smaller scale and see. Like that's kind of yeah. what we did. Yeah. I mean, we jumped on a smaller scale and was like, "Can we actually do this?" I'm like, ah, we can up, we can mm-hmm. up, and I mean, we could up right now, but it's we're pretty satisfied where we're at. So yeah, you guys in a good spot and starting to get in a few more businesses and yeah, and I think people too, and you know, talking to you, you kind of have the same thing, but it's such a slow burn, right, man? Like success, everyone thinks it's overnight, and I mean, maybe if you're a good singer, or some other like superstar talent like that it probably is overnight but like for us you know in in these businesses it's slow burn man like i don't know i don't know i don't know anything about technology i had no idea about this stuff i do so much research just forgot these mics because i had nothing i knew nothing about it and so i mean it took me like seriously about a year of just like researching and doing and and talking to folks and figuring it out and then once i got it launched then the other problems that come just like with your chicken business man yeah. once you get the once you get the chickens then you got a, a bunch of other things that you didn't see coming but you just tackle them as they come you Correct. know yeah and like the part of it is to learn from your mistakes yeah you have to be smart enough to learn from your mistakes if you're going to be successful but like any successful person has failed mm-hmm. but they've learned from their failure and then yeah. came back you know yeah but like i mean i don't know it's in my life too, in all my avenues, nothing came easy. Like Ryan Buck, uh, Ryan Bareback courses—that's the worst learning curve in the world, dude. You just get slam dunked on your head, over and over and over and over, and it just—and then all of a sudden, it, one day it clicks. Yeah. I mean, there's no stop button or you know. Yeah. Whoa! I don't want you know. And so like, and even in the movie business, like. I didn't go straight to stunts. Like I was a stand-in and a stand-in is basically if this camera was going to be on a high power actor, they need to fill the background. Right? No, all they have to do is they have to get all the camera set for the, so they want to know like what, uh, what angle they want and what lens they want. And so you just sit there and, they just oh. they just zoom up on you instead of having somebody you know the actor sit there because he's not gonna sit there yeah and so I had to do that for my first show oh, my second show I was like a background for like the next couple shows oh yeah and then I then I got to do stunts but my uncle had been in the business a long time and he he made me earn it I mean he was like you ain't I ain't just giving this to you like you need to learn and just like we talked about earlier you have to get used to being around a camera brutal yeah so like just sit there all day yeah come in stand you just stand right there for 12 hours you know throughout the day and then that was your job there's no glory in it no but it it uh it makes you earn it and i'm a big i like to earn stuff it's more uh it's more righteous at the end of the day yeah. rather than not you know yeah totally man 100 because then if, if like it's just given to you, you don't appreciate it and then also you you'll don't... be an asshole yeah that yeah that's probably I mean, the biggest thing correct and if mm. you're successful and you're self-made you have the right to be an asshole but most of them are not assholes because they were some you know, just like, I mean, they know the struggle. Yeah. But I don't know. I see successful people that are self-made and they're assholes. And I'm like, you know, actually, I respect them because they have that right to be an <laughs> asshole. They were self-made. They uh, they should be a good guy, but they, they have that right to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, you know? It was a little leeway because they gr- had the grind. You yeah, know? And, yeah. But uh, like, like you said, your uncle, right? Dutch, was it? Is that your uncle? Yep, Dutch. Yeah, I just actually found, I knew about him, but I found out more info from my brother today about it a little bit. But, like, that, even the lessons that you'll learn, 
that he can't, I mean, he, like you said, he could help you, but if he gave you everything, you'd miss out on so many lessons along the way, you know? Correct. Like, like when you're on set, you know, there's 300 people plus on a lot of them Jeez. with just random crews. You know, you have your, I mean, you name it. You know, you got the people for sound. You got the people for camera. You got the people that are the props. I mean, it just goes on and on, right? Yeah. So there's 300 people on there. And if you were just, I mean, that's what a lot of them actors, you know, they're just always been actors and they're assholes. Yeah. But like, he didn't want me to be an asshole. He'd just yeah. be nice to everybody because like, they're all there for to have a job. Yeah. And they're no, they don't get no glory. No. They're not on the camera, you yeah. know? So just be kind, you know, and like, I think that was one of the main lessons you want to teach me. Like, don't take this shit for granted. You're just, yeah. you're not that important. You yeah, know, that part too. Yeah. You're not that yeah. And the thing is too, like, even if you're the most important person on the set, like time doesn't care, you know, like eventually you're not, you know, like you're going to move on you'd be gone. And Correct. you know, if you weren't a good guy, they'll, you know, that'll come out in your like documentary or people will talk about it. Like, yeah. you know, you always hear that about, you know, people who weren't nice to, to the people who were helping put the show on you, you can't do that by yourself you know it's all those people you see those 300 yep. people that help you get it going yeah there's a job for everybody and i mean you're yeah you might be doing this stunt and it's just you but them other guys made it work too yeah like they had their job to set this up yeah so it's not like you'd be nothing without them you know so yeah and then all these great movies i mean people go to see whoever you know fill in the blank for famous actor or actress but, like, it doesn't mean anything if there's not the great director and all the other people that throw it together, you yeah. know? Yeah. And to lose sight of that, I, you know, it's, it's sour, poor, I guess. Poor yeah. is the word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That character, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've had pretty good luck with actors. That's um, good, man. Yeah, most of them are pretty cool. I mean, a lot of it, too, is they're horseback with us and they're not expert horsemen. Yeah. So they're kind of vulnerable. And so you've seen them a different light because they know you'll save their ass. Yeah. So they're going to be nice to you. You know, yeah. they're like, yeah, I better be nice to this guy. He might let me die. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because like, they're scared. I mean, you know. Yeah. A lot of the time. I mean, a horse is a scary thing, you know. It is, man. Especially yeah. when you haven't been around, you know. Like, yeah. you're like, I don't know. And lights and all this random stuff around, man. Not in its, in its element, you know. And you're not in an arena with just you and the horse. Yeah, there's no, you know. I mean, a lot of them do go through cowboy camp. They'll learn the basics, but I heard I mean, that. like, I mean, I've been riding since I was little, so like my experience compared to lyrics, they can't learn that in a week. No, man. I mean, they're not going to learn it in a week. It's, it's, I mean, you know, you could ride your whole life and there's still more to know. Like you'll yeah. never know it. Yeah. I mean, I talked to so many people about this a ton, like my little brothers the other day and like all the horsemen from Whitehall that I grew up knowing. But luckily, I, I wouldn't say I'm like the best cowboy you know horseman or anything i'm not really much of a cowboy to be honest like i'm yeah. not much i don't do much roping but i've been around horses a good chunk of my, like yeah pretty much my whole life actually if i think about it you know and yeah. there's a certain uh language body language and all that that you pick up like uh i don't know man you can feel a horse you know you come up and you're like all right this person this horse isn't too pumped to see me you know yeah. let's figure this out yeah. or you'd be like man all right this horse is really pumped you know like we'll see and then all of a sudden it's different too you put the saddle on or a bit in its mouth you know it, yeah. it could change on you. It's I mean, crazy because a horse will allow you to do everything wrong and still do the right thing. Yeah. But at any time, they can throw you off. You're yeah. trusting that animal. Yeah. And, like, we do it all the time. I even do it, you know. Like, I'll, I like to start a lot of young horses. I might do everything wrong. And that horse is still going to allow me to make every mistake and still deal with my shit. And yeah. not, 
he could throw me off. I mean, he could try. Yeah, but I mean, they can throw you off at any time, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. It is. It's a crazy connection, you know? It is. Cra- it's, and you hear a lot of hunting stories, too, where the horse, like, took care of a person, you know, you, going in and out of hunting camp, you know, sometimes in hunting camp in a blizzard, in the dark, you know, and the horse knows knows where it's going so you just gotta trust that horse to make it you know correct yeah yeah it's a big trust thing i mean they do a lot with uh now there's a lot with the veterans with horses and those guys have ptsd and that's really good success because them guys with ptsd will not trust a human i mean they cannot trust a human unless you were in the foxhole with them they're not gonna trust you yeah but they'll trust that horse because at the end of the day they know that horse has you know he's gonna he's gonna do do them good yeah you know that's a weird human we were talking about just a minute ago like before we started on the podcast about that kind of weird human connection between horses and humans and especially with indians you know native americans like we're talking with us you know me being part native and you being native like i think that's i don't know the connection me i grew up with and just was passed down you know through my family or what it was but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a different kind of connection I have than I do with a dog, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it is crazy. I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, my history, I mean, I could go a long back, a ways back um, on my history, um, but, like, kind of how, sum up kind of how I was here is um, there was a guy, my grandpa, his name was John Hall. He He's in, uh, so there's a famous cowboy named Teddy Blue. Teddy Blue. And so he brought the cattle north, and he's got a book, I think it's called uh, Point Them North. Anyway, my grandpa's mentioned in there with him. My grandpa comes to Montana with cows, and I don't know how it all unfolded, but he ended up marrying my other grandpa's daughter. His his name was Sits in the Middle, and he was the son of Mountain Chief, which was also my grandpa. They were war chiefs. So, like, in the tribe, there was a chief, but then there was a war chief, like a general. Oh, so just to like some random white guy comes up and marries a war chief, he must have been a bad dude. And then that's kind of how we stem through that. Oh, yeah. So like I come from a long lineage of like horsemen. That's cool. On, you know, and so uh, I'm very proud of that. And I, I do think about that a lot. Like what my grandpas think of me, you know, I mean, I make a living off of a horse to to, to this day. Yeah, man. And like, I mean, I'm part of a horse um another quick little backstory is uh my grandpa mountain chief he was a war chief and they were raiding horses from the crow and um he had a his favorite horse was a black horse and they were raiding horses horse gets shot out from underneath him he's gonna leave his horse leaves his horse the blackfeet camped and wintered in uh bozeman and so he's sitting in bozeman in the winter camp and this black horse comes running into camp to him so there's a black horse society so uh when i won all three of my world titles my last horse was a black horse really yeah whoa man a connection so the black horse that came running off to him random horse never seen it before no that horse same horse that got shot out from underneath him came back to him he got healed up by the crows and as soon as he's healed up he ran back to camp whoa man almost like a smart horse like yeah let let you guys take care of me for a little bit and then 
cruise back to yeah. you know where he belonged made yeah. that connection so there's our old chief uh earl old person he just died um oh sad but when i was i got it uh honored by the tribe after winning my world titles and he gave me that black horse society song really yeah so it's oh, pretty cool that's so cool man yeah yeah. Dang, dude. There's so many layers to you, man. Like, I've, I've known you for a long time, and I feel like I just scratched the surface every time we talk, you yeah. know? Yeah. Man, and I, and I didn't introduce you right, man, because I didn't say that you were a bareback champion. You know, like, so for folks who don't know much about rodeo, rough stock is three. Uh, it's like three sports, right? So you got, you got your bareback, usually starts off the rodeo. And then your saddle bronc is like three quarters in, right? Yep. And then bull riding is what ends typical. Last. Yeah, last. What ends a rodeo typically is bull riding. So, like, that's your rough stock, guys. Fo- yeah, guys. And uh, so, man, the toughest, you know, like, hardest job, I, I think, personally. You know, I mean, uh, you got some tough, you know, like, uh, bulldoggers and stuff. You know, for people who know, that's one of Russell's steer on the TV. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, like, yeah. layman terms. But, uh, yeah, man, so saddle bronc. And most of the time, people see him nowadays. You had it too, like the big brace. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal, man. Just getting whipped back and and to keep your balance with all that's going on. I mean, if it, no one, if for people who have never watched rodeo, they got to see. It's so athletic. Like people think it's just like a tough guy who's hanging out with you know strong arm, but it's so much more. You know. Correct. Yeah, you're using uh, muscles you never even knew. Yeah. I mean, you you are literally uh, you want to spur the horse from the neck to your rig and every jump before their feet hit the ground and make it look good yeah i mean you got to make it look good because you are judged on how how good it looks how much are you in control you know and then bareback riding the equivalent to getting in a car wreck 40 miles an hour every time we nod our head oh so like there's a lot of those it's like a fist fight so you're having this horse when he kicks over a lot of times he'll hit you with the back of his ass on top of the head and it just it like i mean there's a lot of times where like i mean you're you're one jump away from going nighty night i bet but you just got to keep hitting back or i mean it's you're surviving yeah so you if you don't set your feet he's gonna flip you out there anyway and you're not gonna win anything but like them buckers the bucker like really rank horses that's what they're gonna do they're gonna test you and i mean you you know you're going uh you're going to a fight yeah you know and i mean i mean it sounds psychotic but every time i rode i was prepared to die and i think that's the mindset you gotta have mm-hmm. i mean i could have died yeah i mean as you're you're on the edge you're riding lightning yeah and so like you slip off a little bit you know yeah you're dead i mean you're in so many different ways you correct know? and like we bind our hand in so it ain't like we can just let go yeah we have to physically get out of that yeah too you know i wish i could describe that or i wish i had one but it's almost i mean it's it's a little block but it looks almost like a little triangle kind of deal right it's like a suitcase handle basically it's like a suitcase handle that you wedge your and they're all custom fit to you You custom fit it to your hand crack your hand back and you're locked in there oh man and you're strapped to a 1500 pound animal no matter what yeah and and like people don't know this either it's not like this is just some random horse that's in a field like these are athletes bred like for the sport and some most athletic strongest animals and that that hind end that ass that's hitting you in the back of the head is rock hard muscle correct it's like concrete yeah and they're bred just like you'd breed a horse for running race horses or you'd breed i mean that's what they're bred for they're bred to be bucking horses that's what they want to do and a lot of people like there's a lot of criticism against it but it's like they live the best life yeah they work 15 times a year they go to a 
fair, a cool ass place. Yeah. They go buck, they go home, live on the prairie, get fed oats, and then show load back in a semi a couple weeks later and go to another town. Yeah. Like they have the best life. Like a saddle horse, that's even more sad. They have to get rode every day. Oh yeah, true. Like man. these guys are outlaws. And yeah. they and they you know, they live a great life and I mean, you're not not going to take care of this animal. I mean, that's your livelihood if you own the horse. Mm-hmm. And if that horse is good, then them horses are treated better than a lot of people, you yeah. know? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, a happy horse probably going to perform better. And and then, like you said, man, it's, you know, for one night, maybe they get rode for eight seconds. It's, like, no time at all, like you said, man. And then they get caught up and put back to, to their friends and happy, you know? Yeah, and then happy. they go back to the range and tell their friends, oh, yeah, I bucked this guy off, yeah. or, you know? Yeah, I, exactly. Like, it's a cool thing. It's a great – I mean, if I come back, I'd like to be a bucking horse. Yeah. It's I'm, a cool life. Oh, absolutely, man. I remember even – when I was real young, when Bodacious got retired and they did like a little thing on him and they showed where he was at, like living on some ranch in Texas or wherever he ended up. It was like, man, like that was the first time I realized even as a kid, I just didn't think about it. It like, wasn't like I was thinking anything about bulls. And I yeah. see Bodacious, you know, this legend just hanging out and someone's just like feeding him and petting on his head. And I was like, man, I'm so scared of that bull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Someone's petting his head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, they're rock stars, you know, for sure. Oh, they really are. And like yeah. the, the uh the bloodlines that follow too i mean there's so many offshoots of bodacious you know i think still i don't know actually don't know i'm, I'm kind of off my game on that but i think they're still out there yeah for sure i mean if something's great they're gonna breed to it you know yeah almost lost it um Saved it. yeah uh and there's you know i want to talk to you about fly fishing stuff too but i want to talk to you kind of more about the the horse thing that we were just talking about so Blackfeet um, come from Nez Perce or Nez Pierce. My, it's weird. My grandma called it Nez Pierce, but everyone around here calls it Nez Perce. And we didn't grow up with the tribe, you know, like uh, on Hill 57. I talked about this in the last podcast. Like somehow my family ended up on Hill 57, which is kind of like a like a pseudo tribe, kind of more like a slum, you know, and kind of outskirts of what was Great Falls, which is now almost like in Great Falls. But so I don't know much about my history. So you were telling me some cool stuff about uh, the Nez Perce having Appaloosas. And yeah. I'll, I'll let you take it. But Yeah. Uh it's a crazy thing. I was thinking about this. The Nez Pierce were the only tribe with Appaloosa. So we all rode. Everybody else who had horses in North America rode a Spanish barb. They all come from the Spanish or the Mexicans or um, anyway. Yeah. The uh, So I Googled where did the Appaloosa come from, and Google can't really tell you. They say, well, we think they come from China, but we don't know. Yeah. And so – I was like, well, they definitely didn't come from the south of the border because why would no one else be riding Appaloosas? Oh, yeah. Like, that had been spread all the way through the United States. But the only yeah. person to have it was the Nez Pierce. So uh, I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, man, that guy probably prayed for him, and that's where they came to him, you know? Yeah, dude. And so, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, no, I mean, I guess... Somebody might know, but I don't know. But that makes sense to me. I mean, because it's like there is no, there's no Appaloosas unless some guy brought them across from China, and the only place he ended up was with the Nez Pearson. How did they meet this guy on a boat yeah. to get the horses? Like yeah. it makes no sense that that would even happen. Yeah, and not like yeah, just like it wasn't like there was just one. You know, they had many of them, right? Many yeah, that heard. Yeah, heard yeah, Appaloosas. Like so it's like thousands. Yeah. Oh wow. Jeez. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, they breed them, mm-hmm. but I mean. I mean, it'd take you a lot of horses to make a thousand. Yeah, man. I mean, if you start off with a hundred, I mean, I guess if you start off the hundred, it, you know, and did the math on that, it probably yeah. might not take you too long. Yeah, but I mean, still, 
Yeah, still, I mean, you have to find the 150 or wherever you got them from. Yeah, where would you get these? And what would you pay? You know, I mean, I I, yeah. I think they came from them from prayer, you know? Yeah, and I, I totally believe in it too, man. I mean, we were talking about before, you know, a good book by Dan Brown. Um, I'm trying to think of actually the name of that book. But one of the books by Dan Brown, that's what the the lead character's sister was studying, is like noetics or something she called it. It was basically the same thing. It's like if everyone's thinking the same thing, it puts some kind of bigger signal on the world. You know, so like the whole tribes, you know, praying for Appaloosa or even just like a couple powerful people, man, like even just more than one, you know, it puts out a little bit stronger message and, you know, maybe the Appaloosa shows up. I don't know. Correct. Yeah. Because they were a different breed. Like the Spanish barbs are little. They oh, probably really? weighed 800 pounds. No way. I didn't know this. These apps were big, stout mountain horses. Yeah. And so that's what they needed. You oh, know? yeah. But the Spanish barbs weren't big. They weren't big horses. They were little that's wild to think yeah. about, especially because yeah, the, the Nez Pierce haven't really moved around too much. I mean, they're still pretty much in their homeland, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Because one of the guys I was talking to, you know, he was telling me that he's been to, like, the origin site where the Nez think that they that we came from, you know, which is a super cool story in its own. I don't want to butcher it, but, you know, it's up uh, Highway 12 going towards uh, Kuski. Uh, I think, yeah, Kuski. And then, like, some other cool spots that he found that were, like, in the history. So, like, oh, man, it's kind of cool, like. That my tribe didn't get moved, like, unfortunately, so many tribes, like we were talking earlier, got, got pushed out of their homeland, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of tribes got pushed Yeah. Pushed west, you know? They had to, I mean. Yeah, just run away from the pressure and all the, all yeah. the bad stuff that came around, you know, yeah. sticking around their home country, you know? Correct. Yeah, sad. But, man, that's so cool. And the connection we were talking earlier about just humans and horses, and especially with Native Americans, man, like, you know, even if... You know, one of the theories was that I heard was it came from settlers out out east, and then a couple of horses got loose and made their way out to the west. Still, so, like, if you ever been out in the Great Plains, it's like, how are you going to catch one horse in the middle of nowhere? You know, I mean, maybe a lot of patience is what I heard too. But I mean, I think there's some kind of connection where the horse came to Indians. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think they came from the Spanish, um, which makes sense to me. And then through tribes, they well, yeah. they would trade horses, and then they just dispersed them up through because we were dogmen before we were horsemen oh really and so in blackfeet <clears throat> like so we were we were uh uh nomad nomad or whatever nomadic we'd, yeah. yeah we'd follow the buffalo mm-hmm. and so we'd use dogs with travoises and that's where we just follow the buffalo herds and so we'd use dogs before we used horses and then as soon as we got horses then we used horses to hunt into it changed the whole game yeah you know it's like the car coming to people like i mean it's gonna change the whole game yeah. but the native word for horse is pony comita and then what it actually means is elk dog oh really they didn't know i mean there's no word for a horse but that's what yeah. they described them as is they're like well they're useful like a dog but they kind of look like an elk yeah big like milk yeah so like yeah. and they move fast you know so they're like this must be an elk dog <laughs> yeah you know? so yeah Oh, crazy that is crazy man yeah that was really cool and and so before the horses i mean when they were doing the horses a lot of those buffalo jumps were kind of a thing too right like mm-hmm. find a good cliff because otherwise you know bring down a huge animal like a buffalo you know it's yep. gonna take some doing He's, yeah they'd have a guy and he would run with a buffalo hide and there was a rope at the end of that cliff and he'd jump off that cliff whoa just lead him there hey eh? Yep, they'd start chasing them. Oh, whoa. Like, I've been around Buffalo enough. They're pretty honky. Like, they're a pretty hot animal. Yeah. So they're pretty interested. And if you're running around like a retard, yeah. they're probably going to come. Curiosity cures the cat. Yeah. And so then once they got them running, 
they're like sheep once one goes they all go yeah and so they just go oh and then you could mass butcher i mean if you had to feed a thousand people it'd take you a long time to be slinging arrows in these but and then how many would you get before they'd scatter that's a good point man because like my brain always went to i'm feeding my family you know like as big as my family could be and i was thinking oh yeah a couple buffalo but you like you said you're feeling up feeding a whole tribe so you you need more than a handful of buffalo to do that yeah you'd need a lot and then you used everything from a buffalo yeah they used the hide the bones um they used everything there wasn't nothing they did not use from a buffalo yeah that's so cool man yeah that's why like, uh, you hear stories of when the train came out and they just slaughter them on the train and leave them and, you know, sad Indians were, man, and makes sense, man. A lot of good meat that they just left lay, you know? Correct, and, like, my theory on that is, like, the government needed us. So, like, Lewis and Clark come to this country. Mm-hmm. Blackfeet were the only ones who tried to kill them, but anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, Camp Disappointment. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I grew up right next to Camp Disappointment. So what happened yeah. was Lewis and Clark, uh, be Lewis split off because Clark Fork's up here. So they oh. went north, yeah. and he was looking for other rivers and exploring around. And he caught up with some Blackfeet boys. They're like 14-year-old boys. Yeah. So they camped with them, and them, guys tried to, them boys tried to steal their horses. Oh. And so the Lewis shot them, killed oh. them. But, like, the theory is that the Blackfeet chased him. And he was scared. Yeah. He hauled ass back to Clark. Clark and the rest. Jumped on Clark. Said, we got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, we... But the the government gave them little coins to give out oh. to all the tribes. And so that. when they died, they left them coins on them boys just basically saying, like, shit got sideways. We didn't want to kill them. Oh. And I think that, you know, I mean, the greatest privilege as a native would be to steal your horse. Yeah. And so they were just, they were just trying to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Lewis Clark came out to this country and then they reported back. And they said, what do we need to get settlers out there? Is this suitable? And they said, man, um, it is and it isn't. There's too many predators. So I'll give you a little history here. Yeah, There's too many predators in the country. Like you can't have little you know, Susie out there and a grizzly bear wolf come because they were all plains animals. Come on, kill her. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we got to eradicate the predators in order. They wouldn't even think about the natives because they had no quarrel with the natives. They had no beef with the natives. All yeah, the yeah. natives, besides Blackfeet, they all helped them. Yeah. So they weren't thinking, like, we got to get rid of the Indians. They said, we need to get rid of the predators. So I said, all right, cool. So they sent out a group of men, big group of men. They were called wolfers. Hmm. And the wolfers were bad men they were like criminals and they suicide mission so they're like go out here with this poison that goes three times i forget what that shit's called but they it's banned now so like they shoot a deer put poison in it then the kai or grip whatever a predator would eat that and then a bird would eat so then he'd die then the bird would eat that the bird would die and then something would eat the bird and that would die So they were just wiping animals out. But what happened was these wolfers weren't good people. Mm -hmm. So when they were out here, they started killing the Indians. So this one shit went sideways. I'll explain this all to you. Because a lot of people don't know this. No, I didn't know. So because the trappers and the Indians were friends. Because they traded and stuff. They traded and the Indians would be like, you can't go to that mountain because that's ours. But you can go over there. 
but don't go we'll kill you if you go over there but like you're cool go over there yeah yeah and they're like all right cool you know i'll go over there there's plenty around yeah i don't want to die i don't want to <laughs> die so i'm gonna go over there and um so anyway these wolfers come out they start killing indians and the government just they were criminals they didn't give a shit about these people yeah you know and so that's when shit went sideways so as soon as the settlers started moving out if you walk through a door and you're punched in the face the next time you walk through that door you're gonna come swinging yeah so when as soon as the settlers come out shit was already sideways yeah and so the indians just started sh- killing they're like fuck these guys are bad people are fuck, killing us for no reason like we're gonna kill back the trust it, is broken so the trust was broken and that's where everything went sideways Man. so the indians really aren't to blame like yeah. and most westerns portray the indians as bad people yeah i mean up till now yeah but like the indians it's like we all were in heart i mean we fought within each other and we still would have probably fought but shit went to went so sideways yeah but get back to the buffalo the government wanted the Indians gone, and they, so you sent some guy from Europe. Said you want you want to be a U.S. citizen, yeah. Join the cavalry. Oh. So they sent him out there. So you sent some guy from Europe that had never seen this country compared to these people that have been here for thousands of years. They're gonna smoke your ass. Yeah. They know all these coolies and they know how to get around, and they're gonna smoke your ass. Yeah. So they're like, man, we can't keep up with these Indians. So mm-hmm. like, well, how do you get rid of? You know, so you start killing their food source. Yeah, food source. And, th- and then pretty soon you start guessing, and then you limit to where they are. And so that's why they that's why they eradicated the buffalo was to, to Starve eradicate them. us. Yeah. And so the buffalo were just, you know, they were, it was just innocent bystander that got whacked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Part, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, casually is a war, really, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah, yeah I kind of heard that, but I didn't know the whole backstory yeah. behind it, you know? And that's, that's what you gotta think, like, uh, you know, any conflict, right? Like, knowing both sides. I got the same thing. I got, I got a weird burn here. But, um, yeah, something else is gonna tag onto that about that with the bison, the buffalo. Oh, uh, something interesting, too, with like this, the vast size of a herd. And I didn't hear this until, uh, Steve Rennell was talking to somebody about it. But he said, like, you know, Indians had different measurement for everything. But a lot of times, like, you hear Indians say, like, a two day herd. And I was like, two-day herd but it took two days for that herd to go by them yeah so it was a two-day herd i was like that's that big you yeah, know it's huge and they're just grazing they're not going fast right they're just grazing no. their way around you yeah. know it just grazed their way around man yeah. could you imagine seeing that dude i i would give a lot to be able to see something like that dude yeah for sure man buffaloes are weird man i did a show with some buffalo and they run 300 head through me and it was the most terrifying shit i've ever had i bet man and you've been around tons of cows yeah buffalo you know? are way worse we'd have to yeah. move them buffalo on a set then Buffalo would freaking that young calves on them, and then Buffalo turn it on a dime and chase you. And it's not like they're just gonna chase you a hundred yards; they're gonna chase you like a half a mile. Really? I didn't know they had that kind of. And they're fast. Fast. Right? They'll hook a horse in the flank and flip him over. No and, way. Mm-hmm. Got your horse. I I heard about that, but yeah, man, that makes sense. You wouldn't think too, because they got those little pokers. Mm-hmm. But man, they're good with them. They know exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy animal, really. It is, it is, man, really impressive, you know? Yeah. And they turn different, right? So, like, a cow turns with its ass, right? Like a bull. Yep. Pivots on the front. And then, but a bison, buffalo, turns on the front, right? Yeah, yeah, he'll turn on the front. And they're slab, they're little in the front. Yeah. So, they're not very wide, so they can turn, like, Oh, real quick. quick. They're built to, they're built downhill. Oh, yeah. So, they're built all front end. 
Yeah, but we'd be chasing them and they'd hit a badger hole. Mm-hmm. And like, like it should trip them up and they would just keep running. Oh, they they'd just be the... running on their head and then <laughs> until their legs caught. They didn't even stop. They wouldn't stop. Oh, man. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. That'd be wild to I'm see, I'm like, man. man, there ain't no way getting where we're to, like this thing. Fuck, your horse trips. Oh. He ain't tripping. No, man. Yeah. God, scary. So scary. Because I, I remember hearing about it back when I was really young because uh, it seemed like for some reason that was kind of a uh, talking point back then about having a buffalo and rodeo like one. Well, Maybe we should start riding buffaloes in the '90s or whenever that was. Yeah. And it's probably it's probably a conversation that always circulates. And then I remember a bunch of old boys, and I was just listening, so they weren't like talking to me, but they were talking about how gnarly it would be to have a buffalo in a rodeo. You know, like there's there's no catching them, there's no putting them back in. You know, like yeah. probably gonna kill the cowboy. You yeah, know, and if you rope a buffalo around the neck, you'll break its windpipe. Oh really? Yeah, it's not like a cow. Yeah, they'll break their windpipe. Oh whoa! So you have to rope around the horns, but I mean that's. Horns ain't really rope. I mean, they're not that ropeable. No, I didn't know that, man. So even like even a cow, like a bull, like if you it'll break one, but oh no, you won't because all the muscle. Yeah, but I don't it's know. further up in them. Oh. They're they're jugular where a buffalo is down low. Oh, and they do, have and they don't have, and they don't got no muscle on their neck. Like they're they, they're not they don't really like they look big. Yeah. I mean, they are big, but they're not wide. True, they're really like like if you ever killed a buffalo, like you would. There's probably six, eight inches of hair on them. That really? makes them look bigger than they are. So they're pretty thin. Kind of makes sense, too, because like you see a picture of them, like especially because their, their hind end is a little bit more shaved down. It looks mm-hmm. really little. And then the front end is where the, all the fur is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess more muscle there, too. But, man, that's wild, dude. Yeah, and, like, the Indians, when they killed them off horses, you know, like, they were such great horsemen, they'd drop the reins because they'd shoot them with bow and arrow. And then how they'd do it is they'd spine them so they'd shoot them in the back and they'd run an arrow through their spine oh and so they'd still be alive but they couldn't move oh wow because they're really hard to kill yeah yeah and so like you'll find like archaeologists will find like you know fossils of buffalo and the buffalo will have an arrow head through its spine whoa yeah yeah that's nuts man yeah Yeah, because i've heard of like people recovering um, arrowheads out of spines, but I didn't know. I didn't know it was like on purpose. You know, I thought maybe it was like a just a wild shot. You know, because no, you'd be up there horseback. Yeah. And like, where are you gonna shoot? You know, you're gonna spine that thing. You're gonna want to spine him. I mean, you could run all the arrows in his shoulder you want. It's not gonna do him much yeah, to him. Yeah, and that's like they had longbow. I mean, they're yeah. powerful. They're powerful enough to go through your spine, but they ain't going to, like, blow through it like our bows and blow through the other side, you know? Yeah, like a compound. Yeah, yeah. and shoot all the way through with a broadhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly, like, and a broadhead is like razors. Yeah, you know, versus, yeah, like a stone. Yeah, a stone yeah. that you sharpened, you yeah, know? Yeah, Oh, yeah, it makes Pretty a lot of crazy. sense, dude. Yeah. yeah, and even the arrow shaft back then, you know, made of wood and not like a, you know, carbon fiber, you know? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things we're shooting now, you know? I don't even know what my arrow's made out of now. I think it's like carbon fiber or something, you know? Something, yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus, like, even aluminum shafts when we were kids, you know, like... Compared to some willow? Yeah, compared to some willow, exactly, yeah. man. Oh. Man, yeah, like, so many so many things I want to talk to you more about the history stuff. Uh, but I don't know enough to even ask the, the right questions, I feel like. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's a pretty, I mean... Yes. I mean, there's a lot to know, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, like, but your history books ain't going to teach you this, but there is books out there. Yeah. You just have to dig for the right books to find the right books. 
Yeah, my my mother-in-law uh, reread uh, "Bury My Heart in Wounded Knee," and she told me not to read it because it's gonna make me mad. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, cause yeah, no, what happened there? It is, but the craziest. So this is such hidden shit. But the biggest massacre ever to happen happened to Blackfeet. It's called the Marias Massacre. It happened on the Marias. It's up by Shelby. Oh, so what happened was actually my grandpa kind of helped cause this massacre. Um, there was a rancher in Montana. His name was uh, something Clark. He was from uh, Helena. Oh, gotcha. So anyway, he had in his band. So the Blackfeet were in bands. So there might be, I don't even know, man. There's probably 20,000 of us. But you'd be in bands, and that's how we went from basically. They talk about the lava rocks in Idaho to Edmonton. It was what. That was all Blackfeet land. Whoa, like the lava rocks in Idaho, kind of by like Dubois Correct. down there. Yeah, all the way up to so the, Canada. Yeah, Edmonton. so we run the whole front. That's a giant piece of ground. For people listening, uh, check a map out. That is a giant piece of ground. Huge piece of ground. Yeah. But they're like, the how we could do that is we were all in bands. So there might be Luke's band is, he's down there, I'm over here, and we go to our hunting spots. And oh. you'd go there every year, the same spots. Oh, gotcha. And so like we'd get together in the winter and we because winters are hard and you need people and then in the summer you'd spread out and go hunt and get away and then you come back in the winter but so um anyway so my grandpa's band they a guy on oh man i'm drawing a blank on his name um you could look this up though it's on you could look up the marias massacre yeah he he his wife or daughter got like raped by this rancher oh no. so they showed up to this rancher's house and they're like hey man like you gotta make this right yeah guy got cocky they threw him in the well killed him oh well we booked it to canada my my grandpa booked it to canada yeah so there was another band the heavy runner band they already made peace with the government like this is and this rancher supplied all the beef for the military oh gotcha. so he was a, he was a somebody yeah and so the, the the government's like, well, we need to go fucking retaliate. Oh. And so we're going to hunt down this mountain chief band. Yeah. Well, my grandpa fucking said, fuck you, and I'm, and I'm in Canada. Yeah. They done figured out that they can't go across Canada. Yeah, smart move. So he goes to Canada with well, a heavy runner band. They already made peace. He flew American flag above his uh, teepee. Oh. And it's like in a bowl where this is. And it's like, I want to say... It's right around now is when the Marais massacre happened. It was like in January, January, February. And uh, the scouts, the crows were scouting. The mm-hmm. crows come upon the heavy runner band. They said, hey, this is the wrong band. This, 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 you don't want this guy. General Baker is the general, and he was a drunk. And like, there's a guy in his company who wrote about this. Oh. And he's like, he was a piece of shit. You yeah. Know, he was just a piece of shit. So he said, well, an Indian's an Indian. They opened up on them, and uh, they killed over 300 of them. And they were mostly women and children because the men were starved out because we were stuck in a river bottom with no food. They were out hunting. Oh, no. And so they they killed them, and, like, they laid there in the freaking snow. And it was, like, negative 20 out that day, and they opened up Gatling guns on them. Oh, no. So that is actually the biggest massacre They'll talk about Columbine. They can talk about all the shit they want to talk about, but that's your history. Yeah. It happened to us, and they won't talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's 
I mean, they're never going to admit this. Yeah. I mean, they'll admit it, but they'll never say, like, the biggest mass uh, massacre was happened to these people. They're going to tell you Columbine or Vegas or yeah. something, you know, but it ain't. It's It happened to us. But same with Wounded Knee. Yeah. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Wounded Knee, but we... Um, we uh we we have that one on on them which is super sad it is know? sad yeah it's a tragedy man it and is it's like we were you know at the end of the day we were going to be a conquered people but the way they went about it was wrong that's what i was thinking yeah like um chemical yeah. war- warfare and shit like yeah. there was a better way broken treaties all this like didn't need to happen mm-hmm. yes. like there there was a different way they could have went about it um to conquer us rather than the way they did it pretty barbaric you know yeah and like you said especially because uh the way that i've heard it you know is that a lot of times that the the tribe's guard was down because they like you said they already made peace they were just living their daily life they weren't armed typically and then something happened or someone got a word for something and then it's like was it um the dakotas uh what's the dakota um Seuss? is it yeah it must have been sue yeah yeah, I just saw like one of my friends. She's uh, she's really up on it, and she does a lot of like awesome stuff for Native folks. And um, and she's I'm pretty sure she's part Native too. And uh, she put up like something on the reunion of when the Sioux had had a similar massacre. Maybe that was Wounded Knee. I don't. Probably Wounded Knee. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, we're a bunch of women and children. Yep. Yeah. And them guys wore the. I mean, it's pretty graphic, but they they wore their like uteruses through the parade on their hats. Oh, brutal! It was. It was brutal. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was brutal all the way around, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And but, like, on 1923, if you ever watch it, the craziest thing is no one's ever told this story of, like, the natives going to boarding school. Oh. And he tells the true story of it. Really? And he shows, like, and it's, it's hard to watch, man. Yeah, man. Like, my wife sat there after she watched it, and my wife's not native. And she's like, I'm so sorry this has ha- this happened to your people. And I said, you know what I see from that is how strong were my ancestors for me to be here right now. Yeah. They went through all that for me to be here. Like that go back to opening a business. Like yeah. you can't be no slum. No. Like you come from strong people. Like they went through a freaking genocide yep. and all this in order for you to sit there and smoke meth, you know, or do some be a piece of shit like go be somebody because you're it's in your blood like yeah. they survived yeah man they survived all that for you to like go be somebody i know that bugs me too man when i see like some of our people like not doing with themselves it's like come on man like you know you can live on the the past but it's not gonna get you anywhere man like yeah it sucked it happened man and it bums everybody but it's the past it's the past exactly it's the past and like as an indian like in rodeo and i mean the thing about reservations is when you're on a res, every town next to you is racist. And <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just if you lived next to, uh, you know, it don't matter, whatever. Uh, blacks, Mexicans, white trash, whatever. Yep. Chinese, you're going to be, there's people that are going to be racist towards it. Mm-hmm. It's human nature. Yeah. But, like, as soon as you move away from that, then you realize that nobody's racist. But, like, for them, they their poverty so they can only go to Great Falls. They can mm. only go to Kalispell, and they just see that racism. Yeah. But if they ever got pushed out to the world, they'd see, hey, man, there's actually more people willing to help you out yeah. than not. Yeah. But you're stuck in this bubble, this weird bubble. Mm-hmm. And if you just got away, there's, like, so much out there for you. you Absolutely, know? man. And and leaving the hate 
back where you, you know, like back on the reservation or wherever the, you know, the anger is, man, leaving it there. Like you said, man, going out in the world and, and then doing like these chats, man, where you're talking about like this history that happened and then moving forward and not dwelling on it, you know, yeah. and making something of yourself. And man, I, you know, when we were in high school, I remember playing against like, I don't know, like Lodgegrass or, you know, name whatever native school, man. And yeah. like the athletes, it's like, man. It, it, you know, and that was always the, the talk, which was sad. Is like, man, if this guy stays straight, you know, and goes to college, he's gonna be a hell of a basketball player. Correct. And then like, you just hope. And man, so many times where you're like, wonder what happened to this guy, you know? And you hear like, like one one occasion, um, this fella, and I, I don't know, name his name, but he, I heard he's on the way back from college, and he was already like taking a bad path, and up dying in a jail jail cell, you know, and no one really knows what happened to him, and is like. Man, I mean, that guy was one of the best basketball players I'd seen, you know, Correct. like with my own eyes, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think uh, it'll take some generation, you know, because it is like, I mean, like yeah. we're just talking like my grandma was born in 25, so like, I mean, really, she was still living off the land. Yeah. I mean, and her mom was living off the land. So it's going to, it's generation trauma too, mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, there's so much more out there for Indians, and, like, we're so talented. Like, we're talented horsemen. Like, there's, like, I see it in rodeo. There's so many, like, so much talent up there, you know? And, I mean, I I hope that some kid is like, well, he he come from where I came from, and he did this. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Break that glass ceiling for him, and then just have people just, keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and then it just becomes a common thing within them yeah absolutely you know i mean that's you know that's i've always thought of that like you know be a role role model for these young people to like hey man you can go do this like i i grew i went to that school i went to that gas station i i was there i was you yeah you're talented there's a whole world out there for you man go out there and go see the world dude and then if it doesn't work the res is always it's staying there forever it's never leaving like you could go back yep. you're not gonna want to after you get a little taste i mean i love my reservation and everything but like for me it's like i don't there's more out here than it is there for me and at the end of the day the white man gave that to you so like yeah. why would you you think your ancestors would want that you know no. like go out there and be somebody especially the nomadic nature of indians especially yeah. your tribe you know like you said from just south of dubois i think is kind of where it all is and then all the way up to edmonton man you meant to roam you know like and yeah. all all people right that's not just right. native americans right we're all explorers that's why we're yeah. trying to go to space and exploring the ocean and yeah. doing all this trying to colonate mars cause that's where we are man we're colonators in general you know like we're always trying to explore so it's like like you said to be stuck in one corner of the world man such a tragedy in itself you know yeah. there's so much world out there yeah legends never die man yeah you and, know that's yeah. the thing about it is this, go be a legend go try to be a legend go try yeah yeah what what do you got to lose mm-hmm. you know yeah totally man and then you know if you do go back to the res bring something you know like don't go don't go back with your tail between your legs go back to success like you're saying and go go inspire some people and, and if you really really make it you know you go back and i always thought about this man like i and i've been rolling around my head like if this podcast goes uh, um i would try to like figure out some way to help out you know a lot of reservations and do i don't know like some kind of game where like like a like a basketball tournament man where if you win you're gonna make a preposterous amount of money like i don't have that much money to give to be like this is going to be life-changing, right? Like, yeah. And then incentive, some kind of incentive. Like, And I don't want it to be like a once-a-year thing. I want to be like, I want to have a gym 
I mean, this would be a lot, dude. I have to make like I don't know, Bill Gates money to probably make this happen. But somewhere it's like I'm gonna give you the opportunity to train and do everything to be able to win this tournament to change your life and your family's life. You know, like I'm gonna have this gym open and coaches and whatever, man. Like yep. I don't know how exactly how to do it because I'm not smart enough to figure it out right now. But something, something to like to get them active again, to get folks active again. Cause that's, that's the biggest thing, man. You get active, you get your body active, then your brain gets active and it's just a compounding thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. And if you got a goal, right, that's the thing too. You got a goal. Like, you know, like it sounds dumb to be like sports, but it's like, that's what a lot of us have in common, you know? And if you have that, that drive to be like, man, if my team wins this, we all get so much money that we can go do whatever, you know, save our right. families or whatever they want to do with it, you know, like, yep. and it's there, you know, the talent's there and stuff. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, they're the most talented people. I mean, they're, you know. Well, like you said, like, well, you see, like, the assimilation kind of is not a great word for it, but it, it, it's kind of what happened, you know, like, the when the settlers came and, you know, Indians all sp- spoke their own language, and sometimes they spoke neighboring tribal languages, but, um, yeah. so probably, like, two languages, right? And then they had very French, right? <laughs> yeah. Spanish and, you know, English, you know, most, yeah. and a lot of, especially chiefs could speak it all, you know? Yeah. I remember hearing, like, this story before, I think it was even before Lewis and Clark came. This might have been from Steve Rinella, too, but, like, there was, like, some chiefs from out here that had already been over to, like, England and met, like, the king and queen, and before Lewis and Clark had even made their trek across, I thought I heard. Yeah. Is that wild? Uh, there's a guy, oh, shit, I'd butcher his name. Anyway, he's, uh, he's got a show on um, Netflix called Ancient Apocalypse. Yeah. He dates Native Americans back 17,000 years. Yeah, man. And, like, before, like, they, because we are, we believe that we were, um, like, we were created here. Yeah. And so our creation story is, like, creator built the earth, and then he built us, and then he told us how to live here. And he told us what, this plant will do this, blah, 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 you know. And the craziest thing about this guy is, um... This is mind-blowing, really. So we were water people before we were on land. So we were under, we were in a beaver bundle, they call it. So we were under, a, we were underwater. Oh. And we were little. And um, and then we'd come out of the water one day, and then we forever lived on the land. Yeah. But when this guy was talking, he was talking about um, the dry falls by uh, Cheney, or, oh. south, or west of Cheney. Oh. Okay, let, they say that um, Lake Missoula drained, and that's what made the dry falls. He says, no way in hell did just Lake Missoula do that. He believes a meteor hit the... Up here, it was all an ice age, and then the water came out, and it was, like, within three weeks. Oh, wow. And, like, he says it was, like, that dry falls was, like, I forget, like, a thousand times bigger than Nigeria Falls. Like, it was huge. But oh. what's crazy is that that all makes sense because we were water people. Yeah. And so we must have been under the ice, and then we came out of the ice. Oh, wow. But, I mean, our creation stories come... I mean, because a lot of people say, well, natives come across the land bridge. That's what I was going to say. But it's like, we don't look like Chinese. We don't look like Mongolians. We don't look like Russians. Like, we don't look like anything like them people. Yeah. Like, we were tall. Like, back in the day, like, you know, they the tall people were five five yeah yeah we were six foot yeah like we're way taller like even vikings they say vikings were big people but they weren't big people i mean compared to now they weren't you know they were like five five and they were like they're ginormous yeah but then we were six foot 
So yeah. like, where did these genes come from? Like, so I, I, I don't believe we came from no land bridge. And this guy did say he's like, man, there ain't no like natives were been here for seventeen thousand years. That's what I always thought too, man. Like the land bridge sort of was like far. It's far fetched. I mean, I was gonna say far fetched. It's pretty far fetched, but they don't want to. They don't believe in the you know them creation stories and stuff no but like what he was basically saying is like so say this is a sacred place you're gonna remodel it because you're gonna keep coming back to it yeah and so most archaeologists just tear off the first layer Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh this is 200 years old yeah but that's just the first layer if you keep digging then you're like oh no actually it's uh eight thousand years old yeah well, they talk about the pyramids, right? Like yeah. the pyramids aren't the original. There's a, some there's structures inside the pyramids that are older, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. I mean, it makes Smaller. sense to me. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, totally. Well, it, like you said, the uh, it's funny too because all these like a lot of these creation stories that tribes have, man. Like even um, I want to say it's the Hopi or yeah, I think it's the Hopi uh, have like the God. I'm gonna butcher all this up, but you know, like the I want to say like the Kava hole in the ground on top of a mesa or something yep. in a ring. And they believe that their people came out of this hole in the ground, you know, which is like same with yours, like underneath yeah. something coming out. And and it kind of lends to, lends to what that guy was saying on uh, Ancient Apocalypse, uh, Graham Hancock. Yeah. And, God, I wish I, I could remember I, that guy's I name. I can't either. Yeah, but yeah, I kind of watched a little bit of that and then watched him on Rogan. And, and, uh, and he had, you know, he's out in Turkey in those old structures that were under the ground, you know, like safe havens. So yeah. kind of makes sense that the, you know, Native Americans are the same thing, you Correct. know? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't know. Um, another thing is like, how would you know what plants would save you? Yeah. And how would you know how to hunt, or how would you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you came across from Asia to this, it'd be like us landing on freaking Mars and figuring out how to live. Totally, man. We wouldn't survive. No. You wouldn't sur- You wouldn't make it through the winter. Yeah. How would you know how to winter? Yeah, exactly, man. Like you only bring, and you can only bring so much food with you. So, um, like if you can't yeah. figure out how to terraform Mars, like unless you got like a barge that's just coming over and has to make it, yep. you know, and there better be a little, there's probably a little time lapse or overlap in that barge coming to supply you with food right. and water. But if that if something happens, you're gone, right? Yeah, so yeah. like to rely on something like that is unrealistic. Where you, you know, if you don't know how to forage and hunt. I mean, in that area, in that area. Yeah. Because all the tribes are in all different areas. Like Eskimos. Like, why didn't we just stop there with Eskimos then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And eat whales and shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, why did we come down? Yeah. Like why, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no, yeah. What's the drive? Yeah. Where was the drive? It's like, no, man, we were, we were created here. Yeah. It has to be because like you said, all the predators and stuff. I mean, like the the settlers didn't want to come out here because of that, you know? So it's like, how were, how are our people able to, uh, coexist with yep. all that the threats you know yep, correct because they, they had some other knowledge man they knew they what was did. going on they you know did. yeah yeah so i i don't know i was raised traditional and that's the way i believe and i think it makes sense you know? yeah i think so too man dude this is it's it's not far-fetched no it's, it's really not no i think the land bridge shit's more far-fetched than being created here. we it. were all created somewhere somewhere yeah it had to come yeah. from something yeah. and the thing is too the land bridge seems so sketchy <laughs> you know like to go across this land bridge, I mean, maybe it was more you know solid and and uh you know wasn't that bad to hike across the big ice bridge but it seems kind of sketchy to me what you do know? you think about just those settlers headed west how many of them really made it like i don't know what the percentage rate is but i, I bet know. it wasn't good no. so like you're gonna travel across an ice bridge yeah exactly. <laughs> like yeah. who's gonna live through that oh and how I- are you gonna bring women and children through an ice bridge and all your supplies and everything else yeah your supplies yeah with no 
animals. Yeah, what? Yeah, exactly, what, man. They use reindeer. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what I mean? yeah. like, like uh, there's no way, man. No, they're I'm they're with crazy. You. Yeah. Maybe one or I mean, maybe there was people that come across it, but you didn't get a whole freaking nation of people across that. No, I mean, because like you said, it had to be a nation, and then it had to be such a big population, they're able to go all the way down to South America, you know, and and populate South America is kind of what they were saying, right? Yeah. It's like, man, that seems, and the amount of time that would take, right? It would take forever, you yeah. know, to get people all the way down to South America, you know, yeah. and populate your way down, you know. I don't know, yeah, and I, you know, the thing is too, like, yeah, I don't know, us just talking about the things important, man. Like, have an open mind, you know. Yeah. Like, just maybe it's not true, but you know, like, it makes sense the way you know the way my brain works, and it's like, correct, yeah, you know. And we're not experts; we're not out there like doing yeah. all the archaeology on it. But uh, you know, if you think about common it, common sense goes a long yeah, way uh, in this world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I man. mean, I don't know. Now, either yeah, we're just two guys in old airstream smoking cigars and yeah. BSing about it, but. Yeah, these conversations are important. Well, like even the Native American stuff, super important. I think it's getting out more. I think people are going, you know, more culture uh, aware. Aware, yeah. Yep. And 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 the backing, you know, like I think a bunch of people who aren't uh, descendant of the tribes here. You know, we all we're all tribal people in the end. That's what people got to remember, right? We're all tribal. Like we yep. didn't just like come from a city, man. Like it was a tribes. You're yep. whatever, white, brown, yellow, whatever color you are, red. Yep. You came from some little tribe somewhere, man. So we're all tribal people. And I think that's why when people come out to Montana, especially, like, they see a powwow and they got this big, like, calling, man. You feel it in you. You're like, man, I, I'm i not, you know, I don't really, like, really belong there. But, like, I want to go check that out, man. Yep. I want to go have some, you know, Indian taco and go enjoy this drums, yep. you know. and See like, their culture. Yeah, man. Yep. You're, you're drawn to it, you know. Like, Correct. even if it's not your tribe. Like, for me, you know, like, uh, the big powwow and buildings that happen all every year, you know, like. I was always drawn to come hang out and like yes, isn't that, that's mostly crow, isn't it? Yeah, crows. Yeah, so like I'm still like drawn to go like check it out, man, and you know, and, and hang out a little bit because usually I'd be walking through it on the way after practice. You know, they'd be setting up and stuff, and they're so nice and just kind of just end up talking a little bit and like hanging out for. I think I was there for like an hour one time, just kind of hanging out and talking to folks because they're coming in, man. I was like, God, this is interesting, and and I I didn't get to attend because uh, track meet, you know, so we had yeah. to take off that weekend. But I was like, man, I really want to get in on this, you know, and. The, does everybody do round dance? I don't know my history enough. Is yeah, that, yeah, a lot of a lot of do. Yeah. Um, they dance like different, different tribes dance different. Um, you know, it's like a spirit. I mean, it is and it isn't, but it's like, um, it's a little spiritual. But it's so like everybody has their own twist on it. But That's like everybody will round dance. I mean, because it's like the, the circle, right? Yeah. So like you. You're just the circle of life there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I fought fire with a guy named Daniel Spencer, and um, he's from uh, Fort. Oh, it's it's kind of up on the Highland. Uh, Fort Benton? No. Fort Belknap. Bel- Fort Belknap. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, he always be like doing some round dance songs, and uh, you know, be digging like clean, you know, doing some uh, mop up or something, and he be doing some round dance songs. He, yeah. He even cut like some leather of a Jordan, you know, like the, the picture of Jordan yeah. Duncan, and he put it on his boots. It was so cool, man. That's he was funny cool. as hell. And, yeah. And just like, and that's you know, the passing the time, you know, it helped him, having him, you know, out there like singing and and you know talking and stuff, you know, like really really helped you know get things moving. Correct. Intriguing. <laughs> Intriguing, yeah. And yeah. like we're different tribes, right? You know, but yeah. like, and I remember as a kid, I was kind of always like kind of worried to like talk because like the old maybe some of the old bad blood would come back, you know, and uh, but. No one cares, man. It's like almost you're almost pumped to be like, oh, dude, you're native too, man. What's up? You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, because there isn't. I mean, there is and there isn't a lot of us, you know. But we should all. I mean, 
like yeah. anybody, you know, you we should all get along. Yeah, everybody, like you said, man, like and then there's that old saying too, like, uh no one none of the I think it was like none of the native folks were escaping the tribe to go live in the settlements. It was all settlers, you know, were escaping to try to come live with the natives. Yep. You know, and it's like there's something to it, man, you know, like being connected with the earth more. Like you were saying earlier about the umbilical cord of the earth. Yep. You know, like tribal folks have that more, you know. Right. Yeah, because we, we literally lived off the land. Yeah. We used everything, you know, that Mother Nature gave us and figure out how to all make it work, you know? Just yeah. crazy in its own sense, you know? Yeah, totally, man. That actually segues perfect to what else I was going to ask you about was fly fishing, my friend. Like, you know, speaking of living off the land, like, how long have you been fly fishing? Oh, probably, uh, man, I didn't get into it till I was over here, but I've probably been fly fishing for, like, oh, probably... 13 14 years that's awesome man yeah hey, you're pretty pretty damn good at it from what i hear like i i haven't been able to go fishing i was hoping we're gonna do the smith this year, this summer and, and you know worked out that none of us went because <laughs> yeah. it dried up but yeah and then you were busy i think you had a film or something to go do right yeah i was busy filming anyway but yeah, yeah. no uh man that's the most uh righteous thing you can do is trick a trout onto a little fly and yeah. you know you gotta present it right and late i mean everything's got to be right you gotta have the right hatch and you know yeah. it was crazy actually i went fly fishing last week on we went on a float in the river really? uh, yeah it was like 30 degrees but wow uh, it was fun i mean we froze yeah. our ass off but we caught them that's you cool know, we caught them all day but yeah on dry as you nymphing or no i was actually streamer fishing oh, stream. uh my uh my buddy was nymphing he yeah. caught he caught more than, you'll catch more nymphing than you will streamers I, but yeah no idea until recently uh fishing the bitter because i'm not you know like one of those things in our back door but i was so busy yeah. with fire like, i man, i really love fighting fire but it really takes a ton of your life up man mm-hmm. and like i uh, was missing out on so much in my back door you know yeah. like just my backyard i guess what i'm trying to say yeah the bitter it's like a, i mean it's a it's a great fishery. It's a blue. Sh- I mean, people fly all over the country to come fish here. You yeah, know, it's crazy. I, it is crazy. I had no idea. You know. Yeah. Well, then to tag into that, like my great grandpa who bought this thing brand new back in the day, his uh, cabin's on the Missouri, just down from Craig. You know, where like is another. You know. Yeah, it's like the haven. I mean, it's the yeah. mecca. Yeah, the mecca. Fly fishing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm over here spinning, and uh, you know, the closest thing I do to it as a kid is like float a hopper down, you know, on a spin yeah. rod. Yeah. And uh, just. Family wasn't that into it, and I never really got that into it. And then, as as I got older, and like my brother hang out with you, and you guys going fishing all the time, wading out, and uh, it's like, man, started doing it. And what, man, it's it's so um, it hits you on all the senses, right? Correct. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, and I mean, fly fishing. I mean, it. I mean, you do want to catch fish, but like, there's more to it. Yeah. It's like a big stress relief. It's I don't know. You're out in nature. You like that day? We probably seen twenty eagles you know yeah we've seen all sorts of we've seen these deer swim across the river like it's like the whole experience of it. it's like you're with nature you know yeah it's just righteous you know yeah man you're quiet everything's quiet it's just takes your mind away from everything because all you're thinking about is how can i get this fish to eat my fly yeah and that's all you're thinking about like there's no no noise you know yeah cause after i mean for like maybe the first 20 minutes you think about all this shit then it all just it's therapy it goes away and then you're just chilled out yeah like yeah i'm just out here enjoying life the sounds the smells the sun the water like oh dude it's overload man in a good way yeah it is it is it's like pretty healthy to do you know for sure yeah yeah that's what i've been enjoying to you more about it because you know and especially 
Well, in, in like both our lines of work, you know, rodeo and, and fire are pretty similar in that you're nomadic. You know, you're always, I'm always yep. looking for fire and, and you're chasing it, you know, and that's how I make my money. You know, same with rodeo. Yep. And you're following the rodeos and you're busy. Eats your summer just like yours, you yep. know, like fire. And that's the best time in Montana. Yeah. Right now it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Yeah, it's horrible. Just skating across my driveway just yeah. to get here. Yeah, know? and fog for three weeks. <sighs> yeah. yeah, man, I've never seen the fog like this, yeah. I don't think, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, no, man, uh, I don't know. Fly fishing's rewarding. It's like we live in the best place to do it. Yeah. You can, because if you're sick of the bitter, you go to the Clark Fork. That's yeah. another blue ribbon trout stream. Yeah. Then you could go to Blackfoot. Then you can go, I mean, you can go where, you know, I mean, it's endless. Where yeah. you can go, you can go them high mountain lakes. Yeah. They're not that far away. No, dude. Well, we should go do that this summer. We should definitely do that. Cause, yeah. yeah. I have horses. I oh. mean, I know you're a hiking fool, but I'm not a hiking. No, I, yeah, I, no, I prefer a horse any day <laughs> yeah, of the week, dude. Yeah, yeah, we'll ride a horse up <laughs> yeah. there. We'll, we'll head out early in the morning and then hit up there. And yeah. Actually, I'd like to get a bunch of guys together and go up there. Absolutely, man. Go early one day and then camp that night. Just just fucking tent. I'm not even yeah. a tent, like a tarp, you know? Yeah, I'm game. Fish that morning and then ride out that afternoon. Yeah, we can hammock, dude. I got a bunch of hammocks. Yeah, just just live up there and eat fish. Fucking bring some, I don't know. We yeah. bring a little some bucking Dave's eggs. Or yeah, exactly. Fishing eggs for breakfast, you know? Yeah, cause that, yeah it's, it's nice to start off the way with, with that, with some eggs, man. Yeah. And the fuel you get from, you know, not to be sales pitching here, but yeah. I mean, the fuel you get out of an egg, man, there's so much nutrition and right. it really helps you start the day. Right. You know, yeah. that little bit of, a little bit of coffee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We should definitely, I've been wanting to do that yeah. for a long time and I've never done it. And I'm like, man, I need, I need to do that. Like this year we need to just go up there for like two days and yeah. then once you're up there, you could go to different lakes. Yeah. That's like, the thing too, right? You you know, you get on a higher mountain lake, lake and you hit that, whatever the altitude is, I wish I, I should know it's being a forest service yeah. guy, but you hit that altitude and there's so many mountain lakes, you know, like just kind of like hopscotched around, you know? All over. Like, it's yeah. crazy. I think I said there's like 70 lakes in the Bitterroot. Dude, yeah, there's a, that makes sense. There's a ton. Like every time we've right. gone like hike somewhere, like St. Mary's Lookout, yeah. you, you know, you go on the ridge, once you get on the ridge, you can kind of look on both, both sides. You're like, oh man, that's a cool looking lake. I'd love to check that out. But usually I'm, I'm there for work. So I'm like, I can't just like veer off my task to go like, go fishing. Go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw a line in, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely game for that, and especially the horseback. You know, save save so much time. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and it does me good too because my horses need to be rode. Yeah. I might put you on a kind of a young one. He'll be all right. Though. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah he'll I, play out after a while. I still bounce all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You could have no. I won't. I won't set you up too bad. Oh, good deal, yeah. man. I'm a little green these days, yeah, man. It's okay. It's I been won't. A while. Set, I won't set you up too bad. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll take it, man. And there's a good chance I might end up with uh, my dad's little herd. I think he's only got like six horses left but yeah. uh they're looking to do more like snowbird stuff and he's getting older he's not really wanting to throw a leg over horses much so Correct. um yeah we, we might kind of put a fence up here but we might get uh his little herd and so yeah be we, fun it'd be a badass trip yeah an excuse to get on a horse man and get out in the country and um another thing i want to do like we should do sometimes get up in the bob because yeah i'd love to go like uh, across i think it's like 26 miles across 50 miles across yeah 50 miles seems to be ringing a bell. I at, think it's that big. I think it is. Because, yeah, one of my friend's uh, wife, wife, my friend's wife, uh, did this cool badass trip with her and her mom. You know, it was, she's a little, his wife's a little older than us, so his mom is however old, you know, and still in great shape, you know. Yep. But it's so, such a cool, like, mother-daughter thing to do, to cruise across the bob. They said little sleepless nights, you know, with all the bear and stuff, but yeah. stuff was just amazing. 10 mm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I got, man. Yeah. Bear stopper. Yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. Yeah. I'll carry the shotgun. 
Yeah, yeah, it works, <laughs> I'll bring man. A shotgun. Yeah, it works. I can spray him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Get yeah. out of here, bear. Yeah, go, go somewhere else. No food for you here. Actually, I was charged by a bear once, horseback. Really? Yeah, oh, horseback, dude. It was the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my life. I bet that's gonna be rare too. Yeah, we just jumped them. We we're on a creek. We were actually fishing on the res, but we were way back in the mountains, and uh, yeah. we were almost to where we were at, and uh, heard a hoof. Oh. And I was like, "Is that your horse?" <laughs> He's like, huh? Oof. We all stopped and we were looking and you could just hear the brush coming down. Sound like a herd of elk coming through the brush. Oh. And all of a sudden these two bears stood up. And my horse was like, he was belly was almost on the ground. Like they're scared, you know? Yeah. Fuck, we hauled ass. And we're, we trapped ourselves. We were in a canyon. Oh, no. So it was either, it was right at the mouth of the canyon of the mountain. So it's like, no way down no way further we were boxed oh no and so we had a ride we, we skated around them as much as we could but we basically rode back through them oh but later to figure out it was like in june mm-hmm. and so they were mating oh and their berries were out yeah, it might have been july and they were mating oh, and yeah. so they were just mating and they they weren't gonna eat us they were just like get out of here yeah and they were full on bear. we were lucky but at that moment i literally felt as big as an ant <laughs> dude like i was like oh, i'm dead i just started laughing yeah i just started laughing they're like why are you laughing i'm like we're dead yeah, this is over. like it's over dude <laughs> like we're done yeah like a bear chases a freaking deer down a mountain yeah. and can catch the deer my horse ain't fast as a deer yeah, exactly. He and he don't he ain't definitely ain't as agile as a deer. Yeah. So if they catch a deer running through down brush, there ain't no way I'm freaking getting away from this grizzly bear. No, and your horse may survive, he could clean you out of the saddle yeah. quick, you know? Like So I just started laughing and they yeah. thought I was crazy, but I was like, Man, I'm gonna I mean I was like it was crazy because I did think I was dead, and I, was, I just started laughing. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, I guess I'm dead. Here it is. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's over for us. Like, we're done. We had one gun between us. Oh man, but like, brutal. I mean, what's a a gun ain't gonna? I mean, really, Too for you, for you to freaking sit there and hold a gun steady as a bear's coming at you. Yeah, I mean, good shots. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I mean, it's luck if you get him. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, it's all luck. Oh, totally, man. There's so much hide in their sc- I mean, you hear, like, people shooting a forty-five at a bear, and it just skims off their skull. You know, their skull's thick, and the angle they, c- that they come at you, too, I think has something to play in it. You know? Like- and I was told, too, that uh, a bear's heart rate's, like, half the rate of ours. Mm. And so that's why it takes so long for him to, like, even if you did hit him, so- and, and it, it's going to take him that long to even bleed out. Because even if he's hyped up, his heart still ain't pumping. So it's pumping really slow. So it's going to take so long for that blood to deplete. Yeah, because they don't have the blood pressure either. So, like, mm-hmm. when it hits, it's not like a spurt it probably as mm-hmm. much as just like a leak. And then, like you said, it's like a slow leak because you know, every time the heart beats, it yeah, pumps. It's just a... Ooh. It's a, I mean, they're the, they are the king of the... They're king of the mountain. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, dude. I was picking huckleberries one time with my dog, my Labrador, and luckily he's good. And... I was only in like I was in like flip flops and like my bro tank, you know, just got a little bucket or something. I'm just like picking away, and I could kind of hear something, but like, you know, it's, you hear a chipmunk or a squirrel coming through. Sometimes it could sound like a like a bear and elk, yeah. like right they're hitting all the all the leaves. Yeah. You know, maybe not quite that, but you, you, it sounds bigger than it is. And uh, my dog's alert right away. I was like, "That's all right, boy." You know, I keep picking, but I got my eye out. 
And I'm thinking, I mean, what I've seen moose before is a kind of moose country. So I'm like, that's probably some moose. So I keep picking. I'm slow working my way back to my truck. I'd never gone or anything on me either. Not even bear spray anything. And then I see this big blob come out of the woods and definitely a grizz. And I was like, all right, yeah, we've picked enough berries today. You know, you can <laughs> have the rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, look at my dog's good. He didn't do anything. He just was kind of like not happy the bear was there, but he was yeah. just also like staying on my cues. Like, like, all right, buddy, let's go load it up, you know, and I felt like it, and I was moving pretty quick to my truck, because I wanted to make sure my dog got in the truck, and I got in the truck safely, you know, without any, any entanglement with the bear, and right. man, it felt like I was moving like molasses, dude, I was like, and it was uphill, and like, to your point about the speed of a bear, someone told me one time, I read it, that it's like 35 miles an hour, it doesn't matter, it's uphill or downhill, like, that's yeah. the, the They're faster speed. downhill. Yeah, I can see it, man, that's downhill. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're faster, run it. Or maybe uphill. it's uphill. Yeah, yeah, I think you mean like they're uphill, yeah. They're faster uphill than... But, like, when a bear goes through the country, like, if he's going to go over a mountain, he don't like like us. Like, oh, let's hit this ridge, and yeah. you know, and it's easier. They just go straight up, straight down. Yeah. Straight up, straight down. Like, straight up, straight down. Yeah, her wolverines do the same. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Man, you ever seen a wolverine? Uh, not in person. Me either, man. Like, they're so elusive. They're the most elusive animal, I think, in at least in the West, yeah. you know? I mean, you hear stories about it. I got a guy who, like, one of my really good friends who uh, does, like, the Wolverine studies. That's one of why I've even, like, seen pictures, re- as many pictures as I have. Because yeah. they put up the game cam and leave, like, a piece of meat hanging. It's, it's cool to see a little Wolverine come over. And <laughs> yeah. They say a Wolverine will whoop a grizzly. Oh, really? That's what they say. Yeah, I heard, like, uh, well, I think maybe I saw a video of it, like, uh, a bear. It was it was kind of, I think it was in Yellowstone. So, like, Wolverine sitting on top of, like, a winter kill or something, you know, something that died. Yeah. And he's just eating on it. And, uh, then I think first a bear came over and he chased the bear off, and then like a pack of wolves come over and they chase the wolves off. You know, like yeah. it's nuts, man. Yeah. yeah, they're little tough little buggers. Yeah, they are, man. Not afraid of anything. No, man. I'm not afraid. And then you never see them. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so elusive, man. Yeah. I had to check my notes real quick because I was gonna let you go. I wanna, don't want to keep you keep you too late here. You know, you got yeah. stuff to do. Tomorrow? You're flying out tomorrow, aren't you? No, I fly out Wednesday. I got packed my bag and oh. tidy shit up. Yeah. yeah, man. So r- rodeo career's over now, you think? Yeah, rodeo career's done. Yeah. I uh, I was strapping up. Well, I, first one I got on when I was 14, but. And then I quit when I was uh, 32. So if you figure, I figure, man, from age 18 to 32, uh, how many years is that? 14 years? Yeah. So I probably got on over 100 head a year. So I've been on over, you know, I've been on over 1,500 head. I think I had, I think I got, a, I think I had enough. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Holy cow, man. Yeah, that's why my body feels like shit. <laughs> yeah, I bet, dude. Yeah. Shoulders back, everything. Yeah, um, man, my shoulders are, I don't know why my shoulders, I think, I mean, yeah, uh, that's the last injury that happened to me was actually, uh, I knew my shoulder was going, but I didn't know when. Oh. And I put a brace on, and when I put the brace on, my shoulder dislocated. Oh. So my last ride, my shoulder dislocated, and it fell behind me. And like I said, you got to wedge your hand out. And so I bellied up, so I put my feet in the, the belly, and I dove into my hand to get out. And that horse, if he didn't just quit bucking, he'd start jumping in the air. So he had no power to get my hand out. Oh. And so I'm just sitting there trying to get my hand out on the side of this thing. 
like a monkey fucking a football and yeah. i just want off my arms popping in and out in and out in and out oh so i've made eight seconds not by choice my arms out i'm like crawling back to i'm walking back to the shoots i know my arms out and the guy's like here's a hundred bucks you come out of a lucky shoot or something oh, really? i'm like i need that and yeah. then uh i I went behind the chutes and I was like, I was like, my shoulder's out and the EMT's like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. So I went to the hospital and they screwed me around for a while. So it was about probably two hours that my arm was out. Oh. So like, if you ever dislocate something, the further it's out, it's like a boa constrictor, the tighter it gets because all your muscles are stretched. Yeah. And so they want it back. Mm-hmm. And so they're just cranking. Shit's cranking. Oh. And so they pop my arm back in. So I go home like, well, shit, my rodeo career is done for at least a year. Yeah. And so I'm sitting at home. I don't got no money. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I can't lift my arm up. Like, I couldn't lift my arm up. And uh, my phone rings. Like, hey, do you want to come do some stunts? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I could fall down. Yeah. And so I started doing stunts and my arm would pop in and out. But, like, it was like a, something I could do. Yeah. Like, I couldn't go work anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I went to the stunt world. Oh, really? I mean, that's when I really started taking it serious. I messed around with it, you know, but yeah. I never took it serious. And then as soon as that took off, it just like, man, it it took off. Like, it's been crazy good, you know? Like, I work in pretty consistent. get to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer of, like, living to authentically who you are. And uh, my rodeo was who I authentically was. And then my stunt world is authentically who I am because it comes so easy. Anything that comes easy for you is authentically who you are. And as soon as you start living authentically to who you are, the universe opens up because you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think so too, man. Yeah, I'm a firm believer of that. Like, I I manifest and I believe in all that. Yeah. I do. I 100% believe in it, and it's as simple as, man, if you jump up and down on a trampoline, then you're going to jump higher, and the the earth feels that too. So, like, if you want something enough and you start making energy, it's going to come back to you. Yeah. And if, but it's a double-edged sword. If you think negative, then that's going to come to you. It's whatever you attract, you know, you're going to attract what you think, you know? Yep. But, yeah, no, the rodeo career's done. I mean, I went... I could have came back, you know, I was at the peak of my career. Um, it was crazy. Like, you know, I got to where almost I was burnt out. I was burnt out of the grind, just like you were talking about. Yeah. But my experience was, I was, I was winning. So I couldn't justify not riding anymore until that happened. And then that's, you know, that's the universe saying, Hey man, you're actually meant to go do this. So go do this. And I'm a stubborn guy. So I got pushed to doing that. And then it opened up. Yeah. Uh, um so yeah it's crazy man i mean my body's hammered from it but i'm grateful for it i would never change what i did you know i mean it was a big part of my life you know but at the end of the day i always knew it was only you know it's only a short part of your life so make the best of it while you can totally i think that makes the some of the best characters i think and just the best best people of and nothing against folks who just find their niche and and their niche. I think is the right way to say it. But like, find at a young age, like teachers, you know, or like meant yeah. to teach. They're great teachers. They do their whole life. Yeah, that's that's really good and good on them. But yeah, that's authentically who they are. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 
Mm, yeah, because like for me, I'm more like you though, or chapters. I'm, you know, I want my book to have more chapters, I guess. Right. You know, and it's yeah. and being open to it. You know, when I was younger, I didn't think like this. I just kind of. I didn't either. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I almost feel like I got to. Uh, I was on um, zero, and uh, I was forced to think like this. Yeah. It was either like you can suffer. Or you can change the way you think, and I was lucky enough, I was smart enough to figure out, hey, man, like, just try this. I'm fucked anyway. Yeah, especially, like, yeah I was going to say. You're like, you're, yeah. you have nowhere to go. No, like, no other options at that no, point. No other options, and you're forced to do that, so that's just kind of how it played out. And like now I'm a firm believer. Of it. I, I, I am. I'm a huge believer of it. Yeah. Well, then, I'm living proof of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And. Yeah too like doing a little bit of groundwork and doing it already is kind of just like a side hustle set you up to to move into that and then on the flip side too if you were too stubborn to give up at that point and whatever you know i don't know you had something to prove or whatever might have been your driver to stay in the rodeo world that one's so brutal man because and we all probably know people have done this where you're rodeoing and you're really not covering anymore and you're going broke and you're still chasing the the prize and your body's getting more beat up and you're not riding good because you're so beat up. You can't afford to fix yourself. And it's right. just, it's a bad spiral, man. It know? is. And it's like, man, I got out of the game at my peak. Like I was winning more than ever, but at the end of the day, it was not, it, it was time for me to move on. Yeah. Like it, like, I mean, and I, that's why I couldn't justify not quitting. Cause I was winning so much. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was something I probably didn't want to be doing anymore. I yeah. mean, I had enough. You know, I yeah. done seen it every which way you could see it. And so when that last injury hit, the injury before that, I tore my bicep. Ooh. And I said, uh, you know, that was six months of rehab and, you know, just to heal. And then it was about eight months until I got on. And I always told my wife if I was a drug addict, I'd never be able to leave treatment because it was literally as soon as my arm was good to go, I went right back to it yeah but like coming back from injury from anything is really hard and i said if i ever get hurt again i won't i won't i'm not i'm done yeah i don't have the drive anymore to come back from this injury and go through that you, you gotta learn how you confident it just goes on and on that you have to come back from an injury and i was like i'm done i'm gonna move on yeah i've done this enough and yeah the injuries is a good like tactical pause yeah. i think because i get the same with my crohn's you know like i've fighting it all the time like not constant but you know i'll get a flare and then i get bedridden for a while you know i have to go to the hospital and go through the whole deal and it, it's instead of just like being like what was me i i get the mindset and just lucky this way i guess that my brain works this way i'll i'll be laid up and i'm like all right what now you know like and and i get the podcast going so it's that's my this is my new focus and it's like all right what else can i do with this who you know who else i think would be interesting to have on and and uh you know just other little things i can do with it and like sounds like with you too the injury you weren't just like stewing on the injury and like just tunnel vision on rodeo you were like all right i've done this i've done really well at this but like what else is there to life you know yeah yeah and i mean it's something i always want to do too the stunt world yeah. my uncle's a hall of fame stunt man he's a legend in the game so i've always had that in the back of my mind too yeah we just touched on him right dutch yeah yeah, yeah. but it just happened manifestation westerns are an in thing yeah and Right when I quit, Westerns are at the peak of its since 
you know a long time yeah and so i have all this work you know just how it works out it's just crazy how the world works you know it is like you said the universe man like it was almost like kind of speaking to you and and it wasn't you know the time you could have once been a stuntman before and you know you'd have been all right and maybe a little bit more ahead of the game but you might also been getting burnt out and now you're like you got this new drive for it you know and a new life and young young enough to make a good career out of it still yeah and like most of the stunt world like in my stunts like horse stunts are all retired rodeo cowboys oh yeah and so it's like it's par for the course and like because they know like you know how to fall you you can you can get through a lot of shit you know so you know uh it just i don't know it's almost like i was groomed for it absolutely man it's it's crazy you know it's a it's just i don't know manifestation man yeah well then and then you're still hanging out with your people too you know like that's the like with this you know like getting to talk to you and fire folks and just outdoorsy folks man in general are my people so like through this i get to still hang out with them you know i'm not married to a fire you know if this right now i'm not i'm not actually making anything with this yet so like i'm hope hopeful you know yeah, yeah. i think it'll do something down the road but um when it does you know and this and this can be my career uh it'll be like you you know like i get to go hang out with the people my peers the people that i want to be around you know yeah find db cooper yeah oh yeah man one day i mean i think you might have found him but i, I did too. i think i did too that'll be next time that'll be next time yeah, yeah, cause I, yeah. we'll go down the db cooper trail next time yeah, yeah. man because yeah. yeah i wish yeah i'd love to love to meet that man someday you know yeah. um i i think it was the last time i talked to you i'm going down a little bit of a trail with the db cooper thing but like you said that'll, that'll be for the next podcast we'll talk yeah. about that yeah um, I'm not gonna mention his name. It's uh, he doesn't admit to being DB Cooper, but yeah, I think he's DB Cooper. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's one of those things too, like because of, I mean, they just did a thing I think on Netflix, like trying to find DB Cooper. So I was like, I don't want to give up too much on this, you know. Like, yeah. And uh, but man, it'd be, and I, you know, I don't know if I'd ever even tell anybody, like if I if they admitted it to me. Besides, like like me and you, and yeah. I don't I don't think I'd ever put it out there. I'd just be like. It'd be my own, my own little secret, and then unless you know he passed away, then I'd be like, I know. You know like, yeah, actually, it was this guy. Yeah, you got to Here's the him. suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Here's the ba- there's the bag of all money in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool, man. Yeah. Um, but is your uh, uncle still stunt man? Is he retired or? He's retired. He after he was a stunt guy, um, he uh, was a wrangler, so he brought all the horses and stuff. So oh. he had badass horses. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he he's got away from that he's old older and he's kind of just tired of it too yeah um but actually a show we're going on is bass reeves and there's 50 indians and he's bringing all the horses so he's bringing 50 head of horses so, oh dude yeah That'd so cool. i think he's gonna come down for that for a little bit anyway and hang out and kind of get off the ranch there for a while so yeah yeah should be cool that'd be cool because you probably don't get to see him much anymore huh no i talk to him on the phone more than i see him yeah um you know so but that's cool though man yeah. he's gotta be so proud dude like yellowstone and uh 23 and what was it 80 80 83, 83 yeah. yeah yeah that's so cool yeah no he is and like uh it's crazy because there's like ogs in the business of the stunt world and like it's almost where my name's i mean my last name's lunix so there's not very many lunix in this world at all you're the only one i know correct like i'm the only buck lunic in the world yeah. um but uh so my name's really prominent in that business because it's such a small group of people yeah and so my name gets me there and i feel like i keep myself there if that like, makes sense totally you know? he made a really good reputation and then i get to i just get to capitalize on it you know yeah absolutely and, man i mean but i take it serious i want to do a better job every time i'm there and 
you know, I'm professional about it and I don't take it for granted one day. No, know? man. God, then like you just hit it there too, like uh, keeping up the family name, man. That was kind of way back when and always has been kind of the deal, right? Like yeah. you, your family earned a name and you want to you want to keep it up and add to it a little bit. Like you have already, like you said, man, and, and keep adding to it. And that's the drive too, right? Not only right. not only like the fulfillment and making money to, you know, for your family, but also like to m- keep the name up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy. Like I don't tell a lot of people what I do. Because honestly, it's so far fetched that most people they really can't even fathom. They're like, yeah, for for one, you're a rodeo cowboy. Like yeah. what? And yeah. then and then you're you're in the movie business. Like yeah. so, I I I'm I, I'm pretty. And then I do own a business. So like a lot of shit, I don't even tell people. I'm just like, man, yeah, uh, you know, just kind of shout about it. Cause like, I don't know. You get one or two responses I've noticed, and it's either a lot of people are like can you get me in this oh and it's like i'm a nobody yeah. so no mm-hmm. or people don't believe you which i don't really care either way yeah but like back to the like can you get me into this like my wife put it the best way she goes this isn't something you get this is something that comes to you yeah like you can't how many people strive to be an actor yeah. And, they, and then they fail mm-hmm. it's it's like going back to authentically who you are it's yeah. it comes to you like yeah. i i didn't i wanted this but if i was just like yeah i'm gonna go do this i mean you know yeah it's a tough that's a tough industry it's such it's there you know there's probably 50 guys that no. work you know maybe 50 to 100 guys but there's probably 50 guys that work pretty consistently and to be like with those guys it's pretty crazy yeah man you know um so and such an unknown thing which is even crazier too like you said that you know everyone sees westerns and westerns are in right now like you said man and and to be in that finite number of folks because people don't think about it and 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 if you ask somebody they probably be like yeah it makes sense it's the same guys you know because like you want the best and these guys perform like you you know and you can rely on them and there's only so many westerns even though they're getting more popular there's still only so many you know yeah correct and like a lot of people ain't gonna volunteer to go fall off horses dude that one that the video you showed me not to, sorry to cut you off but like yeah. that video man like when you're you're actually got shot i think right yeah and you fell off the horse flat on your belly you know face yeah. to the dirt like horizontal like off the saddle yeah yeah Sell lo- out. yeah man yeah. that looks so real and yeah. look like it hurt yeah it does it does but like that's one good thing too about this business is like I'm an adrenaline junkie, so like I get to, I still get to adrenaline. Yeah. Like that's a lot of adrenaline, oh, and bet. it ain't like you're one and done. You're gonna do that four times that day, Ooh. and so like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna muck yourself out. But yeah. you don't. You're also filmed, so you don't want to be no pussy. Yeah, like, you're gonna send it. Like yeah. this shit's gonna be on TV, or they're just not gonna ever ask you to come again. Yeah, like go. Yep, go. go 100 and you know let it be what it's gonna be i mean i don't know yeah that's earning it right there you know yeah, and yeah. then yeah like you said if you're not selling out performing that'll also like give you a name and uh, not a good one you know and, yeah you'll and, never work again yeah because they'll find somebody else that will do it like oh yeah okay we'll find somebody who will sell out for us throw the body in the dirt you know yeah. and make it look real yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you probably, I mean, you probably can kind of fall, take a fall a little bit better now you've been doing it so much too, eh? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, rodeo, you know, you're, I mean, you're going to, you're, you're going to fall. Yeah. So I do know how to fall and kind of protect myself. Um, 
but like I spent my whole life learning how to ride horses, and now they pay me to fall off of them. That is wild, dude. Isn't that crazy? That's weird to think about, man. I didn't even th- that didn't even cross my brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't. I'm not paid to stay on them. No. I'm paid to fall off these horses. You yeah. know, I'm paid to get shot off. You know. Yeah. And then hit a mark. Yeah. And that's its own thing, you know, because a horse is gonna carry you as soon as you take your bullet hit. You gotta take like where you get shot. That horse is gonna pack you twenty feet. So then you have to like, all right, we need you to hit this spot. So you got to figure out where you need to take your hit to even find that spot. It's all feel, but I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. That goes back to my rodeo. My gr- rodeo groomed me for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, if you're not selling it and like it doesn't look good, it's like you said, it's probably not going to make the cut. And then they're not going to like want you or w- whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that it seems like could happen if you aren't hitting the mark, getting shot, selling it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's incredible, man. And, how many people, even rodeo and cow, including racehorses, all that get to make a living with horses still in this na- day and age? Not, yeah. I mean, it's still a small number if you count Correct. even racehorses, all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of people, you yeah. know? So, and a yeah. good living, you know? Like, you, yeah. you got the folks buying the stables, you know, at the uh, racehorse facilities and stuff, but not somebody who's, you know, getting to ride one, you yeah. know, and make a living out of it. That's, that's huge, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a small, I mean, there isn't a lot of people. No. I, I don't know. I mean, I know them. Like, I know people like me, but, like, I mean, I count them. Yeah. <laughs> that's know? exactly what I was thinking, man. You know, like, and, uh, yeah. Like, that's just wild to me that I'm lucky to, fortunate enough to know one. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, you said you're so, you, you carry yourself so humbly. And, no, I mean, it's it's a tough thing to tell people. Anyways, if you're trying to be cocky, they'd be like, what? Yeah. But, you know, like, I've run into you at the cafe or something, and you're, like, dressed like me, you know, shorts and, you know, running shoes and, you know, like, just hanging out, grab coffee and some breakfast, you know? Yeah, like, one thing, too, is, like, I don't know. I mean, this doesn't go true all the way, but, like, you see somebody decked out cowboy gear. They're probably not a cowboy, man. Yeah. You see some guy in some shitty-ass jeans and a t-shirt and a ball cap, you know? He's yeah. probably a pretty good cowboy. Yeah. Because, like, you have nothing to... I don't... I'll let my... I'll let my riding or whatever speak for itself. I don't need to look the part. Yeah. There's times I do look the part, you know? But it's not like on a, I mean, I'm in sweatpants right now, you know? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't guess I knew how to ride a horse, you know? Yeah, not yeah, not just like, <laughs> yeah, not looking at, especially like at the gym and stuff yeah. too, you know? Like, yeah. you, just, you just look like a fit athlete, but you yeah. wouldn't think rodeo, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or especially stuntman, you'd be yeah. like, what? Yeah. You're, you're in Montana? Like, yeah, you don't about, have an agent? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't got no agent. Yeah. Man. Word of mouth. Yeah. It's, which is crazy too, because that's, uh, but he's like, you got an agent? I'm like, an agent? What's that? You know? Oh, that is, that is wild. Yeah, thing, so man. I have no agent. I, yeah. I am my agent. Oh, gotcha. So, like, my phone rings, and I'm lucky my phone rings, you know? Yeah. For sure. Absolutely, man. And, and, um, you know, and the, and the thing I want to talk about too, with the rodeo culture kind of coming back, which is great. Um, it's, it's been surviving, you know, but it feels like it's, it's definitely getting a big up with the uh, Yellowstone. And I know some people get annoyed about it and I even get a little annoyed because the Valley's filling up here and I love this place, but I'm also though, like really glad, I'm really glad that some yeah. people are getting involved in like coming back to the Western culture. And I mean, the cowboy is the American hero. Yeah. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be a cowboy. And like, that's what I tell people. I'm like, man, you shouldn't get annoyed with like someone dressed up like a cowboy who ain't a cowboy yeah our culture surviving if it wasn't for that then no one would even care they'd be into jurassic park or something you know what i mean yeah like but like through yellowstone it it's keeping our our culture alive everybody wants to be a cowboy now yep you know which i mean yeah we do i mean but 
I mean, our valley was going to fill up anyway. It's it was. Pro- exactly. It's progress. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it kind of sucks for us because it's changing, but like everyday life changes, you know, yeah. but at least it's, you know, at least cowboys are in because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, you know, everybody wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah. It's, Everyone wants to have a chunk of land, man. And like, yeah. whether, whether they got like a horse that they just stare at every day or a horse they ride, like it's still yeah. cool. Like, yeah. yeah, come on. You know, like I'm glad people are getting into it. And then, um, God, there's something else I was going to tie into that too, but the cowboy, oh, hunting, you know, like, uh, I, th- I feel like hunting's kind of on the rise a little bit too with like Rogan and the meat and meteor and Steve Rinella. And, yeah. and, uh, I remember one time, like, and I had to catch myself up a little bit too. I was hunting and around like my hunting ground and, and uh, and you should never see any orange. And also I'm like spotting orange and orange and orange, you know, all these people in blaze orange, all these people hunting. And first I was kind of annoyed and I was like, oh, whatever, man. Like, that's good. I'm glad, you know, I can go find, I can go find elk. I can go find animals, you know, and especially like I'm in shape and I have horses. I can, I can get back to where a lot of these folks can't get. And it's like, man, I'm glad though. You know, I'm glad yeah. these guys are out harvesting their own meat, you know, guys and gals, yeah. you know, cause they're getting some of the best meat in the world and they're going and earn it themselves, man, yeah. you know, and it's been given the, given us a more you know like more money to put into things you know because you certain money goes in the parks and stuff when you buy your tags yeah so it's like it's helping for the economy it just helps for the sport in general man like gonna keep hunting alive and say more restrictions i think you know? yeah yeah for sure yeah no the, it helps keep the culture alive anyway you know yeah yeah and like so all that western culture that comes on around with yellowstone too you know i don't i never watched the show i need to watch it it's just one of those deals it's man a, it's a drama i mean you know it's yeah. okay it's but it's good that's what I heard. It's better than, you know, watching Law and Order. I mean, you know, yeah. but I mean, like, at least they're talking about the cowboy and Taylor Sheridan will, like, randomly throw in some guy riding a bareback horse or some guy cutting a cow. Oh, really? It has, that's not selling it, you know? No. But he's going to show you that, yeah. which is super cool of him. Like, yeah. it'll be a minute of, like, some guy cutting a cow. Yeah. It has no story plot. No one's watching it, but like he makes you watch that. Yeah. To like, well, this is what it really looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, it's cool how he does it. You know what I mean? He knows that like he can't just have that guy and he's gonna be the number one show. He's gonna have the drama. Absolutely, man. That gets you hooked, but at yeah. the same time, he's gonna educate you a little bit too. That's what, and that's what I heard. That's what I was thinking too. Like you said, the education plus like the showing off all the cool spots and all the beauty that is you know our country man and yeah. i think that's important too yeah and part of the reason why i'm holding back it's not because i'm like ah oh, those guys aren't real it's more because i don't get hooked like it's like a uh, game of thrones you know like i never watched any game of thrones because like once you fall behind on those shows and like i fell way behind it's like i'm gonna lose like a month of my life trying to catch up on this right. and the same with like yellowstone like i, I need to just like take a weekend and just start winter time's them. a good time to that's, watch it that's what i was gonna say yeah. like right now you know like it'd yeah. be a good time to start catching up on that and then the one, you know, the 23 is in Butte, right? Yeah. Filming. And yeah. That's cool because they show 23 is cool. It's different than Yellowstone. It's not so much drama. Oh, gotcha. So it's not like your drama Dallas, you know? Yeah. 23 is more like these short stories almost like. Oh. But it shows Butte um, and like Butte hasn't. So like we are filming downtown yeah. and they like changed it a little bit, like the signs or whatnot. But the buildings are still look like 1923, so that's cool that he shows that history. Yeah. The coolest thing about Taylor Sheridan is he shows Native Americans in all of his shows. Oh, cool. And he doesn't need to do that. No. And he tells a true story. That's cool, man. Like, See, like you said, with that 23, he's telling the story. Yeah. And like 83, he tells the story. And then even in Yellowstone, he still tells a story of like what they're going through on a day-to-day basis, you know? Oh, cool. And like Taylor Sheridan did Wind River. 
Oh, really? Wind, have you watched Wind River? No, I know about it. Though. Wind River is about missing indigenous women. Oh, I don't know and about that. And he brought light to that. It's a crazy show, but Taylor Sheridan does that. He like he's a big fan of natives, and um, like I mean, it's crazy that he'll tell that story. Man, that's so cool. And that, like, yeah. and that's what I, what I wanted to kind of talk about too, or I was going to tag on earlier, but you're in a good story, so I'm going to cut you off. But like, that's like these shows are important, and I didn't know he's doing that much on it. Like, that's so important to keep the culture and and let people know, like, especially you, know, you go to a lot of places. I don't really can't think of it off the top of my head, but the place that don't have Indians anymore, they used to have Indians, so yeah. it's like. We're still here, you know, yeah. like, not so much me, I'm, you know, I'm just a part, but like, uh, you know, like the, like you and, you know, folks living in the res, you know, like, still out there doing it, man, you know? Yeah, for sure. They still exist, and like, you know, it, it's good to care about them, you know, because they're part of our, all of our culture, you know, Native Americans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's cool he tells the story and includes us, because that ain't selling the, that ain't selling it either, you know? No, it's yeah. It's Beth and Rip selling the show. It's yeah. not freaking, you know, Mo. He's the Indian on Yellowstone. Oh, it's not Mo, yeah. you know what I mean? But he's going to put him in there. Yeah. So he's like, well, this is actually really part of it, too. That's cool. Because like yeah. you said, like I've never watched the show, but I know Beth and Rip. I know the names. Yeah. But yeah, when you said Mo, I didn't, I didn't hear that yeah. one. Yeah. He's an Indian in it. He's oh, a, cool. He's kind of a, anyway, I ain't going to ruin it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, nice, man. And then uh, one I was going to say, something about 23-2 is being from Whitehall, which is right over the hill from Butte. Um, yeah, I spent a ton of time in Butte, you know, it was like where we went for shopping, groceries and a bunch of buddies. So, you know, hung around Butte, me and, um, me and my wife lived in Metals, uh, for yep. a while up on, you know, old, old bar or old, old restaurant and was the bank before then. Yeah. And, uh, when they, they did like a little note, local news thing on it on 23 and they're showing how basically they're taking these old buildings that ever just like closed down and boarded up and haven't been anything since the twenties, like you said, yep. and, or whenever the copper ran out. And they're just taking them back and polishing and making them new again. So they're reviving Butte and these old buildings that the economy in Butte just didn't. Shit. But economy in Butte was shit. Yeah. That was a $400 million show. I'm not saying $400 million went to Butte. Yeah. But a good portion of it went to Butte. Yeah. And and saved all these old buildings that were like falling in on themselves, man. I was like, that is so cool. Because yeah. anyone who's ever been through Butte, especially years before this, you're like, man, you, you go through and be like, man, these are cool buildings. You know, like, and, yeah. and you know, none of us Montans have any money to put into that. But it's like. Yeah. It's cool. It's you see the potential, you know. Yeah. Like, it's like man, I, and yeah, I remember you know the kid going up like uh, Montana Avenue, you know, up Butte, like going up that main road, and uh, being like, man, this must have been like how San Francisco was back when, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because <laughs> you could see like a trolley going down there and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's super cool. I mean, even our little valley, like the money, the amount of money they pump into here. Yeah. To our economy, you know, yep. we might not see it personally, but like we do on a greater level you know yeah and people we know you know people in the cafes like the yeah. you know, little steve i cafe there trapper creek and yeah. uh on well, the steve i cafe too uh, it burned but they were using it for like office buildings or something you yeah. know so they kind of kept it alive yeah even the cafe is not there anymore because it burned up you know correct yeah like the money the amount of money it pumps into our state i mean somebody ought to do some numbers on that yeah it's not a bad thing no exactly man and yeah like it's i don't know people get too hung up on it and it's like yeah you can always focus on the negative of anything you know like yeah. i'm sure someone can watch my podcast and just yeah. be like yeah this guy you know yeah. but if you're looking for it you probably find it you know and, and that kind of goes with happiness too man like someone kind of told me that too about just life in general like if you're looking for something you're gonna find it whatever it is you yeah. know so if you're focused on negative you're gonna find negative yeah. if you're focused on positive and like you're talking with the universe opening up like you're gonna find that too you yeah. know so keep keep try to stay on the positive man keep looking for the better you know the silver linings i guess you know and yeah yeah like we we're saying with the pandemic earlier like 
opportunity, you know? It's not all bad. There's some opportunity there, you know? Yeah. Be like a grizzly bear. Find that opportunity and pounce on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, yeah, just going out and you know, seeing the world, too. Yeah. Well, shoot, man, I think that about covers it. I don't want to keep you here all night. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being on. You got anything left? I don't want to. No, no, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll catch up more on the next one, man. For sure. Um, yeah, dude, thanks again for being on. And, uh, shoot, we'll talk to, talk to you all later. Later.